Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Thursday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Jamie Rivers is uh, in route, and he'll probably be here by uh, 4 o'clock, so we'll have Jamie with us for the final two hours of the show. Unfortunately, our guy Kerry Davis still under the weather. I spoke with him today. He's feeling a little bit better, but the voice just isn't there yet. Kerry's off tomorrow. That was a scheduled day off for him because he's uh, taking some time off, and then he'll be back next Tuesday. So you just have Marsh and I for the first two hours of the show. Oh, yeah. We'll drive the bus. We do want your participation, though. We love it. So if you want to reach out via the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646, you can. If you want to reach us on the Air Alliance team, a.k.a. the Snake Pit YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL. We hope you find us there or leave us a mic drop on anything we're talking about today. In fact, we are going to get your pulse on something Cardinal related, which is the athletic did a, excuse you, a a hope meter a year ago. What's your hope meter at like when it comes to the Cardinals in 2024, if you were to put a percentage on it. So for example, if you're more optimistic about the Cardinals, in 2024 than let's just say the average person maybe your hope meter is about 60 percent or 65 percent maybe you're maybe you're really optimistic that the cardinals are going to have a good year and you're more 75 80 percent maybe you're really pessimistic you think uh 20 that's what that's what your hope is in terms of them let's just, let's let's marsh let's declare it as winning the division and winning a playoff series like let's let's put the hope at that okay let's define it 90 plus wins or or maybe it's 88 wins they win the division and they actually win a playoff series like they win the division and you feel really comfortable about it not like oh gosh we just won like 85 86 games we won by like maybe one game it came down to the last game of the year or something like that i'm talking like a comfortable Victory when it comes to winning the division. Yeah, even if they battle the Cubs throughout or the Reds surprise, mm-hmm. but the Cardinals win the division, they win it not comfortably, but they're the best team in the division and they win a playoff series. Where's your hope there if we were to give it a percentage of it? Of a, zero to 100%. Real quick question now that you mentioned the Cubs, if the Cardinals do win like 80 to 90 games, like right around like 85, 86, whatever, um, and they're really tight with the Cubs, and you get that rivalry back. Are you cool with that as a fan? Yes. 
I want that rivalry back. I feel like it hasn't Absolutely. been good in years. I think we miss sports rivalries. I do too. Don't you? Yes. Don't you miss like really hating a team? I don't know why. I watched uh, four days in October mm-hmm. the other day, and man, that Red Sox Yankees rivalry was off the chain. Yeah. It was awesome, and I don't even feel that anymore. Not to go too far down this this rabbit hole, but I think that's what the NBA is missing. I think mm-hmm. they're missing the hate. I grew up in the it, I I was born in the eighties. Grew up. I'll, I'll put this in quotation marks. I grew up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching the hate between the Pistons and damn near everybody in the league. Mm-hmm. Certainly the hate between the Bulls and the Knicks. The, the hate with this Charles Barkley trying to overcome Jordan. You had a lot of hate in the nineties. Good hate in sports. Mm-hmm. The NBA lacks that hate now. Oh yeah, there you have two. You have guys trying to join each other to, to to form super teams because maybe they played in the same leagues growing up or, or the same you know uh, semi pro leagues. They want to play with each other on the same team. You don't have that natural hate. Draymond Green is legit, but he's only one dude. Right. And then Dylan Brooks comes along, and mm-hmm. you almost seem like, ah, that's fake. He's trying to be Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. You just don't have enough of the team-on-team hate there in the NBA. I miss that in sports. So, yes, going all the way come full circle here on your Cubs question, mm-hmm. yeah, I would love to see the Cardinals and the Cubs absolutely start to hate each other again, but both need to be good. Right, exactly. And I, I want to start hating the Cubs more than I hate the Cardinals, you know? Like, yes. I feel like I'm at that point right now. That would be nice, Marsh. <laughs> that would be nice. All right, so your Blues fall last night, but leave uh, us a mic drop. Leave us a mic drop. Be the 101 ESPN app. 100% free to you. Hopefully you're you're listening right now on the app, whether you're online or you're using it uh, via the, the mobile phone. But you can leave us a mic drop. Where's where's your hope meter at? If it's we do a percentage, zero to one hundred percent, that the Cardinals win the division and they actually win a playoff series, you could say fifty percent. Maybe feel good about the division, like I do. Mm-hmm. I don't feel great, but I feel good about it. But I don't feel great about them winning a division. Uh, I don't feel great about them winning a playoff series. So my hope meter is about fifty percent. Where's your hope meter for this Blues team after last night's game? Uh, I gotta be honest. About twenty percent right now. Mm. I'm pretty down on I'm pretty down on our blues here. It's frustrating. It it's, is. It's to to you get a lead like that. It's two zero, and Bennington's playing as well as he has. Mm-hmm. This has been my drum to beat over the last week now. Bennington or Hofer plays well in the first period. You get a lead. You play with swagger. I don't care what opponent it is. We've seen the Blues beat the Oilers. We have seen them beat the Lightning. We have seen them beat some of the top teams in the NHL, only to turn around and lose to some of the dregs Mm -hmm. because they don't get that that spectacular goaltending in the first 10 minutes of the game. Well, last night you did, and last night you have have a 2-0 lead. I'm fully aware that on the other side, they've got Connor McDavid, and they've got Leon Dreisaitl, and they've got just an absolute <laughs> confident Hyman. I mean, mm-hmm. he he has been outstanding for the Oilers of late. The goaltending last night, who was it, Skinner? Yeah. Skinner, a couple of huge saves. He did. The he Blues some had some saves. opportunities. But if we're going with a an identity, how do you win, how do you lose – the Blues have won games in which they have led, and they've had good goaltending. Mm-hmm. But last night was the exception. Good to get a point, but to be up two nothing like that, and then to see the levels of the level of mistakes that yeah. they made. 
That's what frustrates me. The game of hockey is a game of mistakes, and the Blues make more mistakes than the other team routinely. Routinely. Yep. Night in and night out. And that's why they lose games for for the most part. Um, Last night, you know, too many, you know, you can't get the puck inside the zone Mm -hmm. twice in the same shift. Bad, def- you know, bad line changes Again. from the defensive side. We see, we saw that two games in a row now. Yeah. Um, you know, not having your stick on the ice in front of the net when there's a guy planted right outside the blue paint. You got two guys. You got you got a sandwich going on on Hyman there, and you can't you can't you don't lift the skate. In fact, you you, you who was that letter who checks him basically? Yeah. Puts him in a perfect spot to just knock one past Bennington. It's frustrating. And then on the offensive side of things. Robert Thomas has a a breakaway, and by the way, those, those guys they had a, they had a good game. Mm-hmm. Like Robert Thomas, oh my gosh, that first goal he scored was amazing. Oh, that was great. Yes, that was a sweet goal. Um, but he has a, an opportunity with a breakaway and slows down a little bit, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins comes back, back checks and lifts his stick, and he doesn't even get a shot off. And then, you know, there's a few other opportunities where they had a chance to just get a shot on net, and they they didn't. It's just that that's this team though they they yeah. miss their opportunities like they literally miss the net mm-hmm. too too much i don't know how you feel marsh but i was trying to make this point with jamie yesterday when you watch the opponent you see crisp passing mm-hmm. you see the team the opponent play faster than maybe what they are because they play fast with the puck yes. and it's not just on the power play it really stands out on the power play but even 5 on 5 Opponents seem to be crisp. The puck is moving quickly through the zone. Their passing is cr- is is quick. And you and I were talking before the show, and one of the one of the words that you and I both used was urgency. Mm-hmm. Other teams seem to play with more urgency. Mm-hmm. Then you watch the Blues five on five, and a lot of it is what I would describe as clunky. Yeah, the passing isn't crisp. How they, about the the one feed last night? They had a they had a two on one uh, breakaway. Yeah, Jake Neighbors to Braden Shen. Yeah, but the pass was the pass was slightly mm-hmm. behind. Hits the skate. He's got a puck handle it. That creates uh, an opportunity for the Oilers defender mm-hmm. to to close that that space. And that's all he needs to just get the stick a little bit in the way of the pass, and you don't get maybe a, a quality shot off. Yeah, it's that first pass, and the Blues have struggled with this for, I think, a few years now, just making that first pass, the initial pass, either out of the zone or um, in the neutral zone when they go cross ice and it's just too far out front for a player, and then they turn it over inside the neutral zone, and then the puck goes the other way. Yep. It's just little things like that, and you don't really notice it throughout the game until you sort of go back and and really dive into the, the video. It, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem, but it's little things like that why this team doesn't win these one-goal games. It's the little mistakes, and I think they're not, from a roster standpoint, I don't think they're at a spot to win these games because I don't think they're good enough. Yeah. Which is, that's fine. Which is, they're, they're, which is why you have to win games like that last night. Though. Exactly. You have to win. And when the Blues do score first, they typically win. So mm-hmm. last night, that that was, to me, it was a, a bit shocking that they, well, I <laughs> I don't know if it was that shocking that they blew the lead, but like from a statistical standpoint, it was shocking that they did end up losing that game because they did score first. What'd you think of the overtime goal? Oh, Anthony. A lot of people, a lot of people are just saying, "Hey, it's Connor McDavid." It is. Bennington's got to come up with that save. You saw, you saw him with the head back and everything. He knew, he knew. Yeah. You know, he's got to come up with that. But you got thoughts on Robert Thomas? Uh, Connor McDavid. Before you know, 
he's the best player in the world. You know, it, it's it's tough to stop him. I thought, though, um, on that overtime goal that Robert Thomas, I thought the angle that he took was was not good. His feet were facing towards the bench. And Connor McDavid is a left-handed shot, so he's going to want to be on his forehand. So he's going to want to take it to the middle of the ice. And you don't want to give up the middle of the ice, giving it to a player like that. Just let him go willy-nilly right into the zone. I thought he could have angled it to the outside, make him go to the backhand. And in that case, you have Colton Pareko out there who has done fairly well against Connor McDavid. And we saw earlier in that overtime when Leon Dreisaitl took it to the backhand. Jordan Bennington had his glove right there on the near side post, makes the stop. So I thought either you make him go to the outside and you make him drive wide against Pareko or he'll peel off and that gives you time to reset your defense inside the defensive zone. Instead, he kind of just kind of reached out, took a bad angle. Connor McDavid keeps it on the forehand, cuts to the middle. Then you have Jordan Cairo there, who's not a defender. Like He's not going to defend the way that Colton Pareko does. He does the exact same thing where he reaches, kind of spins around. You know, They're kind of twirling around. And then McDavid just sort of... And we've seen Jamie do this in, in the office where you know you, you have that puck and you, you, you place it just a little far out front to give yourself a little extra room of puck protection. And then he gets the shot off. Again, Bennington probably should make the save, but... That goes back to your point. You're making your goalie have to make big saves, and mm-hmm. that's the best player in the world. You can't give him time and space. Otherwise, right. he'll go and score the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah, you had a break. You had a great breakdown of that. And what Marsh is talking about with the feet, if if he's if he's more centered, now he can force Connor McDavid to go to the boards where Colton Pareko is. Now Colton Pareko is taken out of the play because yes. Pareko is probably anticipating that Robert Thomas is going to drive him to the boards. Instead, he cuts back, and then it's all over. Jordan, you take you take Connor McDavid over Jordan, Jordan Cairo, and that's spot right, exactly. 10 times out of 10. And I would love to hear what Jamie's thoughts are, too. Obviously, he's been in that situation. He's yeah. played at the NHL level, so we'll have to see what he has to say when he gets here. But I just thought it was an unfortunate ending to what I thought was a good start for the Blues. And it was two points that, you know, they get one point, but I thought that extra point at this point in the season is crucial, and they mm-hmm. didn't come up with it. That's Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stolzer. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. 215, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We'll let you continue to throw in some mic drops. One of the themes today is going to be, where's, where's your hope meter at for the Cardinals? And we defined it as them winning the division and them, them winning at least one playoff series. Where's your hope at percentage-wise? 50%, 75%, 25%. Leave us a mic drop on that, and we'll get to that throughout the course of the show. One thing I wanted to talk about, though, Cardinals related, and we saw Kyle Gibson give up two home runs in his first two at-bats today. I wanted to talk about the rotation and whether or not Mo is making a similar mistake with the starting rotation this season as he did a year ago, and I have a specific point on that that I'll make next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh from Anthony Stalter's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers uh, will be with us hopefully shortly here when he comes off the uh, air, pl- air plate. Air plate. 
when he comes off the airplane from the airport, Marsh is what I was trying to say. So Jamie will be with us in a little bit. Kerry Davis, unfortunately, still out sick. We won't see him until next Tuesday. He's got some days off coming. I wanted to talk about John Mosellock and his starting rotation and whether or not he's making the same mistake that he made a year ago. And I've got a, a, a very specific thought on this, Marsh. It's not just whether or not the starting rotation is going to be good or average or good enough, although that last part is where the the specific mistake comes from. I think last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think last year Mo looked at his rotation and said, this is going to be good enough with the bullpen and especially the offense, more so the offense, to get to get us by. I, I think, yeah, I, I think what his mindset was is this rotation is good enough to get us to the trade deadline. Right. Because that is how he typically operates. We're fine. Then we'll see. We'll reassess what we need at the deadline. If we need another starter like they did in 2022, yeah. they'll go out and they'll get one or two. And that was a good move. Like I think everyone would agree Like that was a good a good trade for it, Montgomery and, and for, um, uh, geez, I'm blanking on his name now. Oh, uh, uh, Jose Quintana. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there was. He's made he's made good good yeah. moves at the deadline. The, the the last couple of times that he bought, he made he made good moves. Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, who was injured at the time, was was a good trade. Obviously, Jose Quintana that wound up being a, a really good trade as well. He wound up starting the the playoff game for you. He probably should have won. You got to get there though. That's the, that's right. the problem, and that was the problem for this team last year was they were not good enough to even get to the trade deadline to where they were in a position to make the playoffs. He also. As we know now, and this is hindsight because I like the offense too. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be hypocritical here. Mm-hmm. When we sat there at, at Ballpark Village last year for opening day, I said this offense is good enough to carry you. The rotation only has to be average. That obviously wasn't true. No. That not only did that not hold up, it was just a dumb thought. But I worry that Mo is making the same mistake. Is this rotation better than it was? <clears throat> excuse me, a year ago. Yeah. Because Sonny Gray is, is is a is a front line starter, he is somebody that can take the ball every five days, and you know he he's going to be pretty consistent for you. The rest of the rotation is Miles Michaelis, mm-hmm. who is coming off a roller coaster season, Lance Lynn, who did not post good numbers a year ago, Kyle Gibson, who gave up two, and this is spring training. I don't I don't care, right? But since this is his only start thus far in spring training. Kyle Gibson gave up home runs in back-to-back at-bats to start the game today. Who is one of those players? Lane Thomas was one of those players. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, who gave up for John Lester a couple years ago. And then Steven Matz, who in two years, his only two years for the Cardinals, hasn't given you much because of injuries. I worry about Mo making the same mistake that he made a year ago and thinking, my offense is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. My offense is going to be better than it was a year ago. It's going to be really good. And I know the bullpen is better. Even if I think the bullpen's better and the offense gonna be is gonna be better, your starting rotation should not be viewed as ah, I think it's good enough. I mean, I agree. I think uh unfortunately, and I'm not trying to throw this out into the ether, but you're a sunny gray injury away from having a disaster. A disaster of a season. Yes. Because you have zero depth rotation wise. Like good depth, unless one of these young guys yes emerges for sure. But and you I, don't know if that's going to happen. It's a risk and it's a wild card scenario. But I don't want to overlook that 
because this is a bridge year. I've mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Kyle Gibson is on a one-year deal. Lance Lynn is on a one-year deal. Steven Matz only has two years left. And if he's terrible this year or is injury-prone again next year, you don't care because then next year he's on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. You are going to need to revamp your starting rotation with internal options. So I don't mind that there's the, the depth is actually going to come from your farm system. I'm good with that. But as we've also discussed, is it going to be good depth? Mm-hmm. Are these guys going to be ready? Is somebody going to catch you – know, are, are the Cardinals going to catch lightning in a bottle with one of these young guys? And I don't mean being fine. I think Zach Thompson could be fine. Could Zach Thompson be great? Could any of these young guys be great? I'm looking at what I would want, and I think you're probably thinking the same thing, is a 2013 Michael Waka to emerge exactly. from, this, from this organization. Yes. That's now, Mike, what they need. Exactly. Now, Michael Waka obviously long-term didn't work out, as we know, the injuries. Yeah. But go back to what he was his rookie season. Mm-hmm. When everybody was talking about, holy smokes, the baton eventually is going to get passed from Adam Wainwright to Michael Walker, who are like carbon copies of each other. I don't remember the last time we have felt that way. Maybe Jack Flaherty. Maybe Flaherty's, Flaherty. Flaherty's fine. Yeah. But Flaherty, how, how long ago do we have to go back to Jack Flaherty? 2019? Yeah. I think it's 2019. Maybe 2020? He, he, he had spurts, and that's the thing with Jack Flaherty. He had spurts where you're like, man, this guy looks unstoppable yeah and then he would get injured and you're like oh, okay and then he became what he became i want to go back here so 2020 he only made nine starts so you got to go 2019 with jack flaherty 2019 and he was to feel good about a, a young pitcher within this farm system he was really good the beginning of that year and then got injured he only right he only made he only made nine starts the 2019 season was that historic back half mm-hmm. and you can say well, the injury, what do you want the Cardinals to do? He got injured. I want the Cardinals to be, pre- be prepared right. with their young pitching. That's what I want. We hear this, and I know it's not pitching, but we hear this a lot with Oscar Tavares. Hey, if Oscar Tavares didn't tragically pass away in that automobile accident, maybe they don't have to make the Marcelo Zuna trade. Sure. So you're putting all your eggs in one basket, You though. should have two... Or maybe like a 1A, 1B type of player like that. You finally do position player-wise because you have Jordan Walker, mm-hmm. you have Mason Wynn. The offense, long-term, future-wise, the future looks bright. I agree. But the pitching staff, do you have the depth that's going to be quality? Is somebody going to emerge like Spencer Strider did for Atlanta, like Logan Webb did for San Francisco, like... You know, the Mar- name your favorite Mariners mm-hmm. young pitcher, whether it's Logan Webb or whether it's uh, who's the other kid, Kirby, uh, George Kirby. Mm-hmm. Young pitchers that are high, highly touted that come up and actually make an impact. I think that's why this upcoming MLB draft this summer is huge for this team because it's an opportunity to draft a top 10 pitcher, mm-hmm. which when was the last time we could say that? And what if they don't even draft a pitcher? What if they go for a positional player? How will that make you feel? I hope, well, look, take take the best player that you think is going <laughs> to sure. be impactful, but I hope it's a pitcher. Yes. I do. Because you, you have to now reinvest in your in your pitching. And they have, to some degree, their trades, of you know, the, the trades that they made last year, Tink Hans, Gordon Graceffo, they're now armed with a lot. They, they took that shotgun approach that I often talk about. Mm-hmm. 
because you know one guy's going to get hurt. Like, let's go back to the trade deadline. You know, one guy's going to get hurt. One guy's not going to make it. One guy's just going to be a reliever. But can you get can you get a number three mm-hmm. or a number two starter out of that group? That's all I'm asking for. Because you take that shotgun approach and say, hey, we're going to add five guys. Mm-hmm. Great. If you got all your eggs in one basket, that's how you get to Alex Reyes. Or that's how you get to Jack Flaherty. You're like, ah, we got, we got our pitching. No, you don't. Guy could get hurt. Guy could be ineffective. Guy could be both. And I think I think for me the, and maybe it's not fair, but like those guys, I don't think that they're they're not ready. Like they're not ready. But I think we want this team to be good this season. Why why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't think that uh, they have aligned themselves with the positional players, also with the bullpen. The best teams they find ways throughout like a five-year stretch to try and align both of those things up to where they have, you know, two or three years of a window to right. be good. You know, the teams like like the Braves, they've aligned everything, and then they went out and they got the pieces that they need. Like, you just don't see that here. I, I feel like this offense is good enough. It can, I feel like it has the potential on paper. Now, right. last year it was not nearly good enough, but I feel like that potential is there with some – guys on the team in another year of of experience and whatnot but they have not aligned their their pitching staff like we can look at the offseason like oh you know they didn't do anything i'm looking back like three four five years ago like Mm -hmm. what you hadn't you did not have the foresight to make your ball club a world series contender and you have two of the best players in the world on your team right yeah they well they they invested in the offense they did and it it hasn't worked out no because you, your offense didn't carry you a year ago. And if Mo is banking on the bullpen and the, the offense overcoming maybe some of the limitations for the starting rotation, I fear that he's making the same mistake two years in a row. Yeah, that, that is we'll the, that's out. opening day last year. Right. You lose in a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the epitome of last year. All right, that's Andrew March from Anthony Stalter. Jamie Rivers will be joining us shortly. It's the fast lane. We asked for your mic drops about where's your hope, hopeometer. When it comes to the Cardinals winning the division, and we we also said winning at least one one playoff series is your hope twenty five percent, fifty percent, seventy five percent. How optimistic are you? How pessimistic are you? We're going to be doing your mic drops on this coming up at three o'clock. We're going to do a football segment next, and then we'll also have what's trending too. So we'll, we'll give you plenty of time to get in your Cardinals related mic drops. But the free agency in the NFL is going to be fascinating. Not just from a quarterback standpoint, although we'll certainly start there, but there's some free agents that can make a huge impact this upcoming season. Where could they land? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers is uh, in the house. He's getting situated here, so he'll be with us for the remainder of the show beyond this segment with Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody tuned in. If you want to participate in our, our, mic, our mic drop theme today, we're asking you, where is the hope meter for you when it comes to the Cardinals winning the NL Central and winning at least one playoff series? And we threw it out there. What's the percentage? From zero to 100%, zero, obviously, you've got absolutely no faith, and 100%, you're it's a guarantee that they're going to win at least play one playoff series so where's your hope meter leave us a mic drop and we'll we'll revisit that at three o'clock but also throughout the course of the show a little football got nfl free agency starting soon and marsh i don't know how you feel but i think this could be one of the wildest and best and most interesting nfl free agencies uh, free agent periods that, I, that we've seen i agree i'm looking at some of these names that we have uh popped up in you know, some quarterbacks, some running backs, some big names that it will kind of be a shock to fans to see in a different uniform, mm-hmm. if that is the case. So the the number one free agent to me is Chris Jones. He's 30 years old. He's a game wrecker. If the, if the Chiefs can't figure out a way to bring him back, one, that's a devastating blow for them. Mm-hmm. But if he moves on, he, he also becomes a centerpiece for a team. And the NFL Network or NFL.com put together a list of projected teams where free agents can go to. And Chris Jones, they have going to the Houston Texans. I, I would not mind that. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see him go back to Kansas City. For sure. But when it comes to moving, you know, moving on, Houston, young, up-and-coming team, C.J. Stroud on one side, and D'Amico Ryan's did a remarkable job with that defense on the other. So Chris Jones going to Houston, I think, is a very interesting fit. But if we want to concentrate on some of the other big names, I'll save the quarterbacks here for a second. Josh Jacobs, running back for the Raiders, they've got him projected to go to the Cowboys, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. So they they let Zeke go last year. He winds up with the Patriots. But they wanted to see Tony Pollard come back and have that – resurgence season where it's like hey you're the number one back and I feel bad for Tony Pollard because the injury that he suffered I don't think he was completely healthy last year and I do think he's he's a run he's an RB1 if he's completely healthy Mm -hmm. the Cowboys rolling it back with Tony Pollard doesn't make a lot of sense Josh Jacobs at 26 years old is an interesting fit did not have a good year last year but the Raiders didn't have a good season Two years ago, though, he was their bell cow back, Mm -hmm. the featured player in their offense, and somebody that I believe led the league in in rushing, if I I remember correctly, a couple years ago. He was pretty damn good. So Josh Jacobs going to Dallas, I think, is a really good fit. 
I also like the fact that they've got Mike Evans going back to Tampa. There's some people that say, well, why wouldn't the Chiefs sign Mike Evans? Mm. I'll tell you why. Because they should be concentrating on Snead, the cornerback, mm-hmm. and Chris Jones, definitely their defensive tackle. Chris Jones being one, Snead being two. Mike Evans, you don't know. Project the fall off from Mike Evans. Because at 31 years old, he probably is fine for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But the fall off could happen dramatically. And I don't think the Chiefs are one of these teams that operate in the manner of, hey, let's just add a bunch of, we're, you know, we're already good. Let's just add a bunch of free agents now that, that they're out of their prime. He's a good player. He'd be interesting with Mahomes. But I think the Chiefs would be better served allocating the few caps that that, that few cap space that they have to guys like Chris Jones who play a more impactful position. Yeah, it would be interesting because we just saw their dynamic this year where the offense wasn't as good as it was previously, but the defense, this was probably the best defense that they've had since Mahomes has been under center. I wonder if they want to roll that back or if they want to get back to sort of that high-flying offense. Do you know by off chance how old Randy Moss was when he went to the Patriots? And by no means am I comparing Randy Moss to Mike Evans, but... Well, he he was a rookie in 98, so he was probably 34 when he got to the Patriots, maybe maybe 35. Again, I'm not trying to compare Randy Moss to Mike Evans by any means, but Mike Evans is that deep threat, and I wonder if they want that back to where they have that high-flying offense again with Mike Evans as that deep threat. Uh, his first year with the Patriots, believe it or not, was only 30. Okay, so right around the same age. He entered the league at 21. So I was I was thinking even back then 23, 24. Mm-hmm. No, he entered the league at uh, 21. So he was he was 30 with the Patriots. He looked 34 the year prior with Oakland. He looked like he was done and washed yeah. up. The Patriots knew better though. Yeah, could, could they get a deep threat? I also think that the Chiefs could get a deep threat in the, the middle rounds. I think they could look at the second round, the mm-hmm. third round. They just won two Super Bowls without having a bona fide outside receiver. Right. And Rasheed Rice is going to be a solid wide receiver. For is, sure. Is he going to be Devontae Adams? Is he going to be Mike Evans in his prime? Is he going to be uh, Justin Jefferson? No. But you can get by with that, mm-hmm. provided that Travis Kelsey's healthy in the middle and just wrecking teams in the middle of the field. What does he profile as? Like a, like a Chris Godwin? Who's that? Rasheed Rice? I think Rasheed Rice can win outside the numbers. Chris Godwin's more of a slot receiver. More slot guy, yeah. yeah. So Rasheed Rice is more, I don't know what the perfect projection for him to be. I could see him being a, I can see him being as 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 talented as uh, Calvin Ridley. Okay. Calvin Calvin Ridley wins on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, which what I mean by that is he's, he's a precision route runner. Mm-hmm. Somebody that can beat you deep, but he's outside the numbers. I don't think Rice is exclusive to the slot. I think they can use him outside the numbers too. Gotcha. And I liked his projection, his uh, per, his development throughout the course of the year last year. Mm-hmm. This fit I love: Saquon Barkley to the Ravens. That would be sweet. Either Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley to the Ravens. And Derrick Henry's on this list too. He is. They've got him, and I don't like this fit. I don't understand it at all. But they have Derrick Henry going to the Patriots. I don't. I don't like that either. Ramondre, I understand why? I mean, I guess they're trying to pair it up because they had Zeke last year with Ramondre Stevenson. When when Ramondre Stevenson is healthy, he's good. He's good. Back. Give him the ball twenty to twenty five times. Mm-hmm. He's somebody more than capable of carrying your running game. Yeah, his yards per carry two seasons ago was was pretty decent. I don't think you need Derrick Henry if you're the Patriots, but if it's if if you're the Ravens, Saquon Barkley. 
with Lamar, mm-hmm. with Zay Flowers. I know he had a rough AFC Championship game, but he's somebody that that, that emerges. You're going to have a, a healthy um, Mark Andrews. Andrews back. That offense could look really good with Saquon Barkley. I agree. And then you don't have to invest heavily in a first or second round running back if you're the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So that would be good. You move on from, I mean, J.K. Dobbins, uh, unfortunately, he just... It is what it is. And then you can also pair Saquon Barkley with Keaton Mitchell, mm-hmm. who was explosive last year. He's, he'll be coming off the injury, but they got a little speed there too. All right, quickly, some of the some of the quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins should and will return to the Vikings. I hope so. I didn't wear this shirt for nothing, Anthony. I don't th- I don't see Kirk Cousins moving on. I think he's some, at 35 years old. I think he found his home. I think they signed him for another three years. You know, two or three year deal, maybe two year deal with a, with an option. They guarantee the contract again, and they keep their quarterback in place. Well, I think it's the best fit for him too. If he not that not how the Vikings are going to win a Super Bowl or anything, I would love if they did. But I feel like out of the teams that I've heard, mm-hmm. I feel like Minnesota gives you the best opportunity to win. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson, who's like the best wide receiver in the game. Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good fit. Plus, if you want to keep. If you want to extend Justin Jefferson on a long-term deal, it helps. You might want to keep Kirk Cousins yeah. around. The other free agent quarterback is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield returning to Tampa makes all the sense in the world. I agree. He bounced around. He was with Cleveland. Obviously, felt felt as though that he wasn't given every opportunity to succeed in Cleveland. Felt unwanted. He gets out of that situation. Goes to Carolina. Hates that spot. Goes to the Rams. Has has a little bit of success with the Rams and parlays that into a very inexpensive deal with Tampa he's not guaranteed the job he wins it in training camp and winds up leading the Buccaneers to the playoffs if they resign Mike Evans you got Godwin you got you know some decent talent there bringing back Baker Mayfield makes sense I've heard teams like Atlanta why would Atlanta sign Baker Mayfield you have the number eight overall pick move up get your future quarterback and be done with it I've heard the same thing with Kirk Cousins. Would Kirk Cousins be a good fit in Atlanta? Of course. They they don't have a quarterback. But why would you sign a 35, 36-year-old quarterback when you need to restart? It's not like Atlanta's picking 17th. They're picking 8th. Mm-hmm. Make a move. Or sit and pick. Mm-hmm. We've seen, it seems like the Chargers, sit and pick. Wind up with Justin Herbert. Dolphins, sit and pick. Wind up with Tua. They're in a, they're in a position with all the quarterbacks that are going to be available. I don't understand why they would go out and get a free agent. All right. What's Trending is next in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome it's, back to the fast lane. Hey, it's your turn, Marsh. Yeah. I'm used to driving, but for trending, it's Marsh. <laughs> Welcome back, Jamie. Oh, hi, guys. How are you? Hey, I'm just Jamie. Trying to fix my microphone. That's yeah, yeah. fine. Every time I'm gone for a few days, somebody jacks things up around here. Yeah, sorry about that. These probably, kids these days. Probably no? Ferrario. Friggin' Ferrario. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, what's trending? Jamie's back. Anthony, you're here too. Hey. Uh, it's time for What's Trending. Jamie, we were talking about the Blues earlier uh, to start off the show. 3-2 loss in overtime. 
just what are your general thoughts of the game? Yeah, I thought that I thought the Blues had a good start. I really did. And obviously that Thomas goal on the power play, that was just a piss missile. I mean, <laughs> he rang the bell on the way by there. Did you see that yes. thing? Ding! I was like, son of a batch of biscuits. Oh. By the way, I think somebody had him for first goal. Can't remember who. But, oh, Jamie's um, uh, he opened up his lead now <laughs> with four, right? I don't know. Whatever the math says. It is four, yeah. <sighs> four, what is it? Four, two, one, one. Marsh and I stuck 1-1. I even started taking guys that I knew wouldn't score the first goal just to mix things up. Well, he scores that goal. Uh, then they get another goal. That line scores another goal. Uh, but there you go. That's your offense. We talked about that being one of the problems that you have is that when your top line is the only line that really can get you going, yeah. it's tough. And I think, you know, last night... It was an awkward kind of game because you had some matchups that you had to be very careful of. You certainly, when they when they double-team you with Dreisaitl and McDavid on the same line, and then Zach Hyman, who's now a 40-goal scorer. Who, Holy you know, smokes. Hey, Toronto, you probably could use a guy like that that mm. goes to the paint, but nah, let's let him go. Either way, those guys are tough to defend. And, and so you have your hands full. You don't have last change. I thought Jordan Bennington had a strong game. I think he'd like the overtime winner back. Certainly. You know, I... If we're going to talk about that, he he's sliding with McDavid on that play. And the problem with Connor McDavid is that he's so able to have a quick speed burst. And if you don't track him as he's going, you're too late. You're like a half a second late. And on that one there, Bennington got a little too far, like sliding a little too far to the right. And then it hit his shoulder. And had he not been sliding, it, hits, it would have it would have went wide off of his shoulder and wide, but this one hits the shoulder and just kind of caroms in to the other side of the net. And he wasn't happy with that, of course. Yeah. But Marshy, I heard you as I was driving in here from the airport after uh, Bluebird one landed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're you're talking about Robert Thomas on the over overtime goal. Mm-hmm. So I obviously watched that goal many times. Here's what happens. In the neutral zone, you're right. He has a terrible angle on this one. But do you know why? No, I don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because Connor McDavid is the fastest human in the world. Oh, for sure. So he's trying to get ahead of him to stay ahead of him, stay above the puck. Now, he knows he has two guys back there. And it's Connor McDavid and one other player. The other Oilers not even in the picture. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially a two-on-three. So what he's trying to do at this point is dictate one side of the ice that he's not going to be able to go to. Because if you let Connor McDavid skate down the middle of the ice, now he can go anywhere. So now Robert Thomas, he skates ahead of him and then curls back, almost pushing him you know, too bad to bat bad ice, if there mm-hmm. is bad ice for Connor McDavid. The problem is that instead of pushing him into Colton Pareko, he's pushing him into Jordan Cairo. Right. Who, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, <laughs> Uh, I don't think he's nominated for the Selkie Trophy. I haven't seen his name there. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to be either. No. Um, which is unfortunate. And quite honestly, almost any forward that would have been on the ice at that point would have their hands full. Any defenseman would have their hands full mm-hmm. with Connor McDavid mm-hmm. at that point. And so Connor McDavid scoots around Robert Thomas and then around Jordan Cairo. And actually, Jordan Cairo doesn't do a horrible job of guiding him to the lowest percentage area. When McDavid takes this shot, the puck is literally on the bottom of the circle. Mm -hmm. Really shouldn't have gone in, but because Jordan Bennington was sliding a little too aggressively, it ends up going in the back of the net. I just just felt that 
in that moment, you need to take a, a the best player in the world and put him on his backhand. Backhand to the side where Colton Pareko is. And either he drives in that on his backhand and you have Bennington on that near side post with his glove. And like I told Anthony earlier, we saw the same thing in overtime with Leon Dreisaitl driving the net and Bennington made a great save. Or he peels off and allows you time to reset your defense. And then you go three on three within inside the D zone. Yeah. I just... I thought it was a bad angle and you're right and i didn't like the reaching i don't know just like growing up playing hockey like you always get reprimanded for reaching yeah. i just didn't sometimes like it. when you with the reaching and i know what you're talking about sometimes with the reaching though you're actually using your stick as a tool to guide the opposition mm-hmm. to where you want them to be for sure and so you you know you make yourself big is what they say get your stick out there taking away the middle of the ice and now he's going to go somewhere else mm-hmm. um and it, look at guys. Let's just be honest. It's Connor friggin' McDavid. And oh, I get it. And it's three on three. I get it. There's not a lot of help out there. Yeah, a lot of space, a lot of time. Yeah. But I thought Marsh brought brought up some really good points there. You know, if I'm thinking about it from a football standpoint, you're a cornerback. You want to drive that wide receiver to the sidelines and use him as an extra defender. Yeah, you want to just try and take away. You've the, talked, take away the good field, right? We'll say. And you've talked about that a lot of times with the the board, um, the boards, but. Yeah, Connor McJesus is still going to be able to make a play. It is a bang bang play too. Like, yeah, it's a that that is obviously that is us looking at the the video and breaking it down. Sure, and he's actually on this the is ice. in real time. So right. I, you know, I, I can't Dog blame tired. him for that. But I just think in that moment, that's just that's what I would have done. Sure, or no. at least attempted to. That <laughs> he probably would have walked me. That's uh... I've been down that road with some of the best players in the world, and you have a plan. You look. It's, this is exactly the way it should be, mm-hmm. and then they have like an ulterior plan. They have yeah. like Plan B. You don't, mm-hmm. and Plan B turns into the back of your net, mm. and you're like, oh, I, I played the right way." Yeah, it doesn't matter with those guys. I'm just reminded of the famous quote from Mike Tyson: "Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth." Yeah, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I want to one of ESPN. We're going to talk to Chris Kerber in about 15 minutes, so more Blues hockey to come. But we asked for your mic drops related to the Cardinals. Where's your hope meter? Where's the open meter right now, percentage-wise, when it comes to the Cardinals not only winning the division, but also winning a playoff series? How about winning a game? Okay. <laughs> Jamie. Well, our guy Gibby. It's a tough one. But he did fine after the first two batters. Did he? Yeah. Where's your open meter next on 101 ESPN? Can't wait. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Never been a big fan of a parlay bet. The probability is just really difficult. I'd say 50% for a chance for us to win the division and 15% to win the first round afterwards. It's always about hope, big boy. <laughs> there you go, Mike. <laughs> Mike with a very reasonable and intelligent response there to our mic drop question. Where's the hope meter for you and the Cardinals in relation to them not only winning a division but also winning at least one playoff series and mike broke it down he didn't like the parlay play he's gonna he's gonna go straight up on these i i I think i'm i'm in mike's range there for both i can see them winning the division i can see them having a bounce back season and i don't i don't have to squint in order to do so i have to squint to see them winning a playoff series now we talked about this last week do they have to win a series or does a buy to the second round count now let's do a, a winning the series, winning but at least one series. You technically did win a series if you didn't have to play it. Nope. No. Nope. I'll give you, you credit for. I'll give you credit for winning the division. Okay, so let me ask you this then. Mm-hmm. Okay, since we're on this topic, if they have to play in a wild card series, that means their season was less successful. Right. So then, why would you not give them credit for that? For winning, because technically they won the wild card series already by getting a buy. Yeah, but they already. So that would make that would disprove Jamie, what you're saying. That's a great point. We're not factoring in though that they kind of get a buy by playing in the NL Central. When's the last time they got a buy, Anthony? Well, the, the buy when is, is the last time the, the Cardinals the NL got Central. a damn buy. You tell me right now. The buy is the division. No, but they've been in the same division, Anthony. Yeah, it's a gift. When's the last time they got a buy? It's been so damn long, you don't even know. So don't tell me it's just an automatic. I'm not saying it's so automatic. They didn't get it two years ago, or the year before, or the year before. Jamie, it's a gift to play in the Central. It is, but then it should be a real big gift to get a buy every year. No. And they haven't. Because they haven't been good enough. I know, but... Which is my my issue. You're talking in circles right now. I am not talking in circles. You have to build... I missed you and everything, but my gosh. I missed you too, buddy. You got to build a successful roster. Well, if you win the division, get a bye. That's kind of successful. Oh, Jamie, let's hear from Dion next. Where's where is his hopeful meter? I hope so. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I would say my nope, hope meter him. does not include a playoff <laughs> series win because the reality is it's against the Dodgers or the Braves, and we all know what that looks like. So I'm looking at more of a sixty to seventy percent hope for a division uh, championship. And just getting the fire back that was entirely lost last year. Given what that experience was for all of us last year, I think that is reasonable to expect. Yeah, 60 to 70% just to win the division I think is pretty high too. I'm about uh, – I was I was at 60% before the Cubs re-signed Bellinger. Now I'm like 55%. Oh, when did Bellinger sign? <laughs> over, the, over the weekend. Oh, crap. Yeah, I think it was Sunday. Sorry, they don't care in Canada. Canada. No, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah, care. Yeah. And been, I, look, if you guys want some news about the Blue Jays, I've right. got you covered. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've been knee-deep in Blue Jays yes. coverage and or hockey coverage. No, hockey, yeah, Bellinger. Blue Jays and snow. Bellinger, three years, like 75 mil. He did not get what he thought he was going to get. Oh, or at least going to make ends meet now? It's, you know, the yacht. I mean, that 25 for the yacht. is going to be tough. Taxes, the agent <laughs> takes a cut. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear from Doug. Where's his hopometer? My hopometer's high, very high, maybe close to 100. I believe that the Cardinals will be capable of winning a playoff series this year. I'm not saying they will, but I believe they're capable. The rotation and the bullpen have improved. I know the rotation isn't elite, but 
I don't think you have you don't have the liability that Wainwright was last year. As much as I love Wainwright, good offense. You have Goldschmidt, Arenado, Arnado, excuse me, uh, Walker, and and Contreras, and I, I think that the offense is going to be okay. Um, I think that you won't have the amount of blown saves that you had last year, so I think that there's reason really to be optimistic about this team, and I I kind of think that they're being underestimated. I was waiting for, I don't know, just because it's us, I was waiting for, for snark or sarcasm to come in there, but Doug, Doug was speaking his truth there. He's really high on this team, 100%. <laughs> I like the way you said that. 100%. It is legal now, Anthony. Yeah. yeah. Why in Missouri. Sh- I don't quite see. <laughs> don't you shame our listeners. I'm not shaming him. I, I'm, I'm a little surprised that even the most optimistic Cardinals fan, which I believe Doug now is, 100%. That's a, well, he said it's he, like a guarantee. You're going to put a guarantee uh, on the box on that but one. If you go back, he didn't say he believes 100% they're going to win a series. He goes, I believe they're 100% capable. Well, his optim- his his hopeful meter uh, yeah. is at 100%. Yeah. Even still. That's a lot. Doesn't seem high. Doesn't Pro- Doug seem high with that? He's probably a bit high okay. with that, yeah. yeah. But you know what? I don't care. No, I, yeah. I like it when Doug's high like that. I think we should all be that high. When it comes to the Cardinals this year. Yeah, you be careful. Yeah. Depending what Cardinals. you're doing. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get <clears throat> let's get to Nick and then we'll all choked up, are you? Yeah. Love the Cardinals, don't you? <laughs> I certainly do. Let's hear from Nick. Uh my hobo meter for the Cardinals is about thirty percent. I think they could have a top fifteen offense. They could actually have a pretty good uh bullpen. But I think the starting rotation is going to be absolutely atrocious. They're going to be giving up five to six runs a game, even if they can get into the seventh inning doing that. And we saw it last year. This offense has been terribly inconsistent. Runners in scoring position, they were terrible. There's going to be stretches where they could win ten games in a row and then easily lose ten games in a row because sometimes this offense just goes completely quiet. My hope meter for the Blues is basically dead. Oh, they've had the ability oh, to control hey. their own destiny through like this ricochet. last 10-game yeah. stretch, and they've that. showed absolutely zero heart except for like one or two games. And even when they did show heart, like last night, they still blew a 2 nothing lead and ended up losing the game ultimately. So I'm hoping some of these prospects come up so I can watch them and see what they're going to do and then uh, just wait to see what they do in the offseason and what next season looks like. Nick. Nick took a, a U-turn Laverne there. He did. <laughs> My goodness. We're not going to hand you any extra credit on that, Nick. I mean, oh. we wanted you to stick to the assignments, not bury two teams. But, you know, hey, Nick's got his thoughts. We gave Doug his run. Nick yeah. has his thoughts. I, I think I, I think I'm somewhere in between Doug and Nick when it comes to the old hope meter You're in the uh, Doug and Nick sandwich, are you? Yep. Oh, boy. Mm. So you're the meat. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, let's get to Curbs. Chris Kerber's going to join us next. Talk a little blues <laughs> hockey with him. But if you still want to send in your well, mic drops. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have an opportunity to talk to Curbs next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for Curbside with the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Blues fall to the Oilers last night, 3 2 in overtime with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We're now joined by the play by play man. 
of your St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber, who joins us via the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. Welcome home, Kerbs. Thank you, Anthony. How are you? Doing good. Um, unfortunately for our Blues here, we've hit a bit of a rough rough stretch. What did you see last night uh, that, that you either liked or came away frustrated by? Nah, I, I didn't come away frustrated with last night very much at all. I, that was more of the game that if you lose, you're like, okay, we lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess one of the things is you've got to just you got to keep in perspective that uh, you know every game feels like it's that much more magnified because they've had such an inconsistent up and down season. But you played well enough to win the game, you know, and and some bounces didn't go your way. But that's one of those games where the outcome could have been different. You know, Robert Thomas going in on a shorthanded breakaway in the third period to try and you know, get the lead for the team and his pocket gets picked, things like that. It's going to happen from time to time. So I thought there was some positives. I thought there was a lot to build on, and I'm much more encouraged about the upcoming games because of that performance last night. Curbs, when you're watching Robert Thomas play these days, I mean, you know, what are you seeing from him that maybe we didn't see before or what – better yet, what are you seeing from him that the rest of the hockey world maybe doesn't appreciate enough? I actually think, and while I don't think he'd be in the conversation at the moment, especially because of the overall team performance um, from a finalist standpoint, but I think if you're talking about you know expanding out to the top six, seven, maybe even top ten uh, conversations when it comes to a potential Selkie trophy, I think Robert Thomas is starting to move himself into that consideration. Um, you know, I'll I don't know how many votes, if any, he'd get at this point in time, but he's getting there. And and that, to me, is the biggest thing with him. He's picking up points. He's playing every minute. He has he essentially stepped into that role of Ryan O'Reilly and uh, that we saw. And I'll tell you what, when he's on his game, Jamie, he's relentless on the puck like Ryan O'Reilly was. You can clearly see that he learned from him, you know, and, and he's making things happen. I, I think even more consistency from his wingers. Uh, would be a massive help to Robert Thomas, who's already, I think, having a terrific season. But I think he responded well after the uh, after the benching a couple of games ago. I think he said the right things uh, before the Winnipeg game. I think he's performed well in the last two games, and I don't think you're that far off from it being, you know, from talking about Robert Thomas for Selkie consideration on a regular basis. Curbs, I did check my contract, and I am contractually obligated to ask you about the trade deadline. So, <laughs> okay. uh, Blues, right now, where we sit, given uh, the you know the, the the losing skid here, does has anything changed for Doug Armstrong, or do you think he already has his game plan, and it's just a matter of waiting teams out? I think that Doug Armstrong has game plan A, game plan B, game plan C and game plan D. I believe that Doug Armstrong's probably had plenty of conversations with teams around the league about his potential UFAs, about maybe even some other hockey-type trades as well. I believe those discussions have been going on for a while. You know the deals, especially now, take a lot to do. You like, I'm blown away. Like It's pretty impressive for Nashville, for example, to be where they are, right? Be looking to potentially add to their team and still have the ability to take on cap hits from other teams to make deals happen and potentially get draft picks. Smart season there for Barry Trotz in that front. So I believe that I believe that Doug has his plan. Now, which plan does he go with? Well, I think you still have a couple of games to go to determine that. You're five points out of a playoff spot. You know, unfortunately, I think Nashville has a much easier schedule than the St. Louis Blues down the stretch when you look at their schedule. Uh, they play Minnesota tonight. 
So I guess you got to root for Minnesota to win that game in regulation and leapfrog the Blues by a point because the Blues have three games this month against Minnesota. Um, but I think the next couple games will really dictate. In other words, if you're out of it, maybe you are moving an unrestricted free agent for a third or fourth round pick. That's not going to impact your team for five or six years. If you're in it, maybe you decide, heck with that, we'll just keep it and see what happens. Because I do know that he values making the playoffs. He definitely, making the playoffs does matter to him in a big way. And if there's a chance to do it, by keeping some of this team together, I think he'll do it. So the next couple games will probably dictate which one of those plans he goes with. Curbs, Coach Drew Bannister has not been afraid to make tough decisions. From the very moment he's gotten here, he, he certainly had some moments where he's he's done some things that you're kind of like, wow, that uh, takes some guts to do that. Uh, you know, the last game he makes a couple of roster changes, and not that it took guts to do it, but he takes out a young defenseman in Scott Perunovic for the game in Edmonton, inserts Tyler Tucker, who hadn't played in a while. So in all fairness to Tyler Tucker, he'd probably do to get a game. But in your opinion, you know, what's the path moving forward, not so much for the Blues regarding Scott Perunovic, but the path moving forward for Scott Perunovic to earn more ice time and earn more trust? It's it's a heck of a challenge, isn't it? I mean, let's face it, they're, they're two very different types of players. Uh, actually, and let's put a third one in there, Kessel, right? Uh, if you've got one or two opportunities, what is it? You know the Blues value size. Uh, this team values size of defenseman. The whole league does. It doesn't mean that there's not room for a smaller defenseman to play, but I don't know how much room there is for two of them. And right now there's two of them with the Blues. You know, and you've got a much more proven commodity with Tory Krug. The first thing for Scott Perunovich is, one, does he get enough games in? And I think he could miss a total of nine more games uh, and play the rest of them. If, uh, and, and then he becomes a group two free agent again, if my understanding of the math of the CBA is right. You know, if he were to miss nine more games or, or ten more games total because other guys are playing in ahead of him, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I don't know a real good answer to that one, Jamie. Uh, you know, he's been okay on the power play. He doesn't shoot the puck enough. And if you don't have a threat from the top of, of at the blue line to shoot the puck, I just don't think it's good for your power play. So, um, there's that aspect of it. You could see at times he'll, he'll battle with some of the size. He's got to skate. He's got to move. He's got to avoid contact. And, you know, he's done a pretty good job for the most part avoiding injury this year. Hasn't missed a ton of time for that. So um, it, it really is a great question. And I think even just comes down to more of a numbers game of what direction the Blues philosophically head in defensively. Curbs, we're going to pivot to another young player, Zach Bolduke. He's had a you know, couple of games here now with the big club. And, you know, what are you seeing out of him? Uh, are you seeing a bit of an evolution in, in his play? Uh, and does he look a little more confident? You know, in your opinion, you watch these games. What do you think? Man, I, I had no idea really what to expect because you got a, a young man there that lit it up in juniors. And, and as he said, his quote to me was, uh, I, knew, I knew going into every, junior, into every hockey game in junior, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to score a goal at some point in time or pick up some points at some point in time. That's obviously very different than – at the NHL level. In the American League, they focused so much on his uh, two-way game and responsible style of play that they weren't concerned about his offense necessarily. And as before he got called up, that offense started to come around. I think he's played four very good. And so for me personally, I go in with zero expectations when we see somebody for the first time for a while. Because as you notice, and you and I were talking about this yesterday before the game, sometimes you're a little wide-eyed going, wow, this game's going fast around me, right? So I think he's looked solid. I think Drew Bannister has used him sparingly in certain situations. 
as you and I were talking yesterday, philosophically, we could have a great debate on should you just be putting them in there and, and not taking them off that line, let them get face-offs on both ends of the ice, that kind of thing. But then, you know, last night there were a couple of young blips and mistakes against, you know, Connor McDavid. and some. You could definitely tell that Knobloch, the head coach of Edmonton, was trying to get uh, certain matchups for McDavid and Dreisaitl. And so you saw some of those young mistakes. But all in all, with averaging about, you know, 10 minutes a game now, over four games, including the 15 minutes that he played in Detroit, I, I think that the Blues can look at him and say, okay, you've got a player that clearly has speed, definitely has a shot. Can it all come together at the NHL level? But there's definite potential uh, with him without a doubt. Curbs, before we let you go, how would you assess Drew Bannister to this point? Yeah, that's a it's such an interesting question, isn't it? Um, he's hamstrung a little bit because he's got the interim tag. Sure. And and Jamie could talk to this more than I could. I can only talk to having talked to players. He can talk about living it. Uh, you know, I don't know that players fully buy into an interim head coach. You know, uh, and 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 especially if things are just going okay, they turn the they turn the corner so well with Craig Berube. I don't think it was looked that way. You know, but when when it goes well but not great. You know, how to, especially when you got a lot of players that are still under contract, how, how does it go? I, I don't know where that sits with this team. I haven't had those conversations. I think one thing's for sure, and, and I've said this uh, on the air with some of the other shows, that, you know, he may not have the size and the, and the bravado of that type of career that, that Craig Berube had, but he really is saying a lot of the same stuff. You earn your ice time. You know, we've told him what we need. Either do it or we move you down the lineup, or in the case like Captain, we moved him out of the lineup, right? Things like that. He, he's very direct with these players. Um, you know, I, I think you got to be encouraged. He's taken a team that for close to 100 games was below 500. He's, they played over 500 with him. That's a positive. So, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that evaluation is still going on, and he's doing a pretty solid job keeping the Blues in the thick of things, um, you know, d- despite those other challenges. All right, Curbs, enjoy a couple days at home here. Um, well, I guess it's more than a couple days, or right? you guys don't have back on the road until, what, Monday? Sunday. 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 <laughs> <laughs> a couple days, Anthony. <laughs> Anyways, have fun at home for a few days, Curbs. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, guys, have an awesome rest of the week. Talk you to too. you later. All right, that's Chris, that's Chris Gerber here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. You can listen to him on uh, Saturday, pregame. Blues Wild, 4 o'clock is the puck drop from Enterprise Center as the Blues take on the Minnesota Wilds. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Keep those mic drops coming in about the, the Cardinals and where your hopeful meter is at. We're going to stick with the Cardinals. We're going to talk about ceiling and floor, Jamie. Jordan Walker, player like Jordan Walker. What's his ceiling for 2024? What's his floor? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
It's time to fly down to Florida for a spring training report on 101 ESPN. Presented by ENP Granite, Brooke, Jamie, Curbs, and Bernie Federko's choice for countertops and cabinets. My hope meter as for the Cardinals to win the Central or win a playoff series is near empty. I'm really more or less just hopeful that they'll be at least 500. You know, they only won 71 games last year. I, I really struggle to see how this team could be that much better to where people are thinking they're going to win 85 to 90 games and possibly the division. I just don't see that. While honest, I am now depressed by what Matt just said over <laughs> uh, the Cardinal rallies there. Where's your hope meter for the Cardinals heading into this season, whether it's to win the NL Central and or win a playoff series? Matt, he said, he's near empty. So we'll put him at, uh, I don't know, 2%. Do you think that's being realistic or he's just still upset about last year? Because I don't feel like zero is a realistic number for hope. No, you know, I feel like that's like anger. Yeah, Jamie, you you only you, you played hockey your your entire life because you're just absolutely gifted. So you you didn't have a real job there for a while. Um, but company, you well, know you what I mean. You sound like somebody else in my life. No, I mean, <laughs> go off and oh, just you're just playing that hockey thing. You'd have nine. To, right. You'd have a you're nine right. to five gig. You're right. Everybody else can do it. That's right. <laughs> That's Anybody right. can do it. That's why I said you're gifted. I'm projecting my anger at you right now. As uh, someone you know else. I'll just, I won't take it personally. Don't. Because I, I feel as though you're talking through me to somebody I, yeah. else. Still boy, am I ever. Nine to five. I hope they're listening. You didn't have a nine to fiver. No. Marsh, you've had, you've had a nine to fiver. It's more like an 11 to seven. But 11 to seven. Or, yeah. Companies will come to employees and take, you know, like the bigger companies, they'll have you take a survey. Like, hey, how do you like uh, the facilities here? And how do you like your manager? And how do you, you like know. the owner of the team? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the worst in the league. Um, but I, I, I used to work. Uh, used to work for one of the big box companies right out of college. Mm-hmm. As I was searching for, you know, working in radio. Jack in the box? No, it wasn't Jack in the box. That'd have oh. been nice though. How big was the box? It was. It was a very big box. Yeah. Yeah. Circuit City. I did work for Circuit City, but this isn't the one I was talking about. This is not the one I'm talking oh, okay. about. Yeah. So, anyways, Jamie, um, I was talking to, you know, I was filling out this survey, and uh, one of the older older guys that worked there, too, he goes, hey, he goes, don't put, I don't know if it was one to five or one to 10. He goes, don't put a 10 and don't put a one. I go, why? It's my honest, my honest opinion. He goes, they'll throw it out. <laughs> they don't, they don't take the tens. They don't take the ones because they feel as though you're not being realistic. So, Jamie, to your point, I don't, I don't think like Matt or uh, who was it, Doug? Doug was like a hundred percent. Matt was, Matt was basically a zero percent. Not to throw out their mic drops and their thoughts because their feelings matter, of course. But I don't think that's realistic. So to answer your question, I think Matt is probably overly pessimistic. Doug overly optimistic. And uh, if we're going on a survey here, we just throw those out. Yeah, and it's fine. It's fine. Spring training is here, and everybody starts to feel one way or another about Mm -hmm. their team. And right now, obviously, our team is the Cardinals, so you have a feeling. On one day, you're like, wow, this team. Like today, Arenado had a couple of big defensive plays. He's back. He's back. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow might be something like the worst screwed. We're screwed. They still haven't had a, a home run yet, Jamie. Oh, yeah, they training. did. They gave up two early today. No, no, no. I mean off the <laughs> – yeah, good call. 
Yeah. Same guy, too, Kyle yeah. Gibson. That's nice. I believe it might have been two pitches. It might have been two pitches. You know, the he he allowed four he so four batted balls in the first inning. They're all a hundred plus off the bat. Is that good? Yeah, what was the launch angle? Pretty high on a couple. Not great on a couple. Well, two were great. The other two not great because I think there was some ground ball outs. There you go. Thanks to Arenado. But I don't know. I when it comes to like the hopeful meter. I, I I guess I'm a little hopeful that they'll win the division. I have zero hope that they'll actually win a playoff series. But we'll continue to talk about this. I wanted to ask you, floor. Let's play a floor and ceiling game, guys. Okay. Jordan, let's start with Jordan Walker. What do you think the ceiling is for Jordan Walker? What do you think the floor is now, for Jordan Walker using? in 2024? Well, what are we using? Like you can use stats. You can or use stats. A comparable player. You can use comparables. You could use hardware if you want. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want for Jordan Walker. Well, I don't see any hardware in his future for this year, but um, oh. I don't. Let's just be real here. Yeah, I think he's being honest. Yeah, I'm being completely honest. You don't. You don't have an. You don't have Jordan Walker as an MVP candidate. No. Yeah, I don't. Or a Gold Glove candidate. I think that's fair. Yeah. See, so I'm not that crazy. Uh, well, he, be, <laughs> well, don't answer. He'll be holding that commissioner's trophy, that that big hunk of metal. Oh, oh boy. At the end of the year, it's just a hunk of metal. Okay, your your commissioner said that, by the way. He basically just crushed every fan. So the ceiling for Jordan Walker, um, wow, I don't know. I, I'll give you. I, so here's yeah, help me out. Yeah, I'm, here's my ceiling. I, well, I'm just going to use like a, a couple of statistics. I think Jordan Walker's ceiling is 25 home runs, uh, 80 driven in, and uh, like an OPS of 800. Like I think that's his ceiling. I think his floor. That's his ceiling. I think that's his ceiling. Yeah, Oof. like a two ninety batting average. Yeah, eight hundred OPS. Yeah. Okay. You think that's too low for him? Uh, if you're going to call it his ceiling, I think that's a okay. Low. But that's okay. Eight twenty five. <laughs> I'm going to be Roger. I'm going to be Roger Goodell right now. When he, <laughs> we used to do this with suspensions. Oh yeah. You're like. Uh, Hey, yeah, he suspended two games, and everybody get like was in an uproar. Is like four, is four, <laughs> four better. I think he could hit, but I think he can hit twenty five home runs as a ceiling. I, I actually think his floor is only like you know, it's not that far off. I think it's about eighteen to nineteen home runs. I don't think there's a dramatic floor ceiling when it comes to to Walker in certain categories. Is he a home run hitter? In major in, in the majors, if he could get to twenty five home runs, I think that'd be really good okay, in the second the, year. I said if, but do you think he is? I don't think he's a home run hitter in in from the standpoint of like Nolan Gorman yeah. is. No, but just even like other players, like I don't know. I didn't see. I obviously he hit home runs last year, but I didn't see him as a home run hitter. Well, he won't fix his damn launch angle. Oh. <laughs> It matters with home runs. Everybody's like, everybody gets pissed off about that, but it's true. I it's think called just, physics. I just think if you hit the ball hard, yeah, it'll you gotta go hit the ball. out of the park. Not yeah. if you, not if you wormhole it. What? You can hit it 101 miles on the uh, on the ground. It's not gonna matter. You get the launch angle. He's got a new batting stance. I'm sure it'll help. Yeah, right. If that dude can hit 20 plus home runs for you, that's pretty great. Yeah, I, I think the ceiling for me to be realistic is 20 plus home runs for this upcoming season. Um, you know, as far as anything else goes, yeah, I was right there with you, and I was thinking like 850 OPS. Do you think you could swipe 10 to 15 bags? Because I do. If they put the steel sign on. <laughs> All right.
Packers. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> I don't like your guys' attitude right now. <laughs> they kind of trying to, to be optimistic. Jordan Walker's not at a point in his career where he's just going and blank. Well, why the, the hell not? Well, because. let's start running. I agree. Let's use some of this speed. Let's get Victor Scott on this team. Let's get Mason Wynn going. Let's steal 10-plus bags with Jordan Walker. Let's go. Trying to win games here, guys. Anthony, he will not need to steal bases when he's hitting 30 bombs. 30? Wow, that's your ceiling? I I think that's Do you think he could hit 30 home runs this year? What did Gorman hit last year? Gorman hit 27 last year. But he was injured a little bit. So he's a th- yeah. so Gorman is a 30 home run hitter. I'll give you Gorman 30 plus. I'm not giving you Walker 30 plus. It's his I think ceiling. Hit it's his opinion. His I'm ceiling. not giving it to him. You know you would. I mean. Jeez. <laughs> I, I think he could have 30 home runs. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Marched when we have our home run derby? Yeah. Walker? No. <laughs> Fair enough. I think he can hit 30 home runs. Him and Mason Wynn did a did an interview like a week or so ago, where they were talking about how many home runs that they think they can hit combined, and I think forty five was the number. And I don't see Mason 45? Wynn hitting twenty. Did they say that he's going to hit forty home runs? I yeah, forty five was the com- was the combo. I can see them combining for thirty. I can't get to forty five with Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. They said this that about was themselves? their opinion. Well, and my opinion is. They're as high as Doug oh, is. you're not a Major League Baseball player. Go sit in the corner. <laughs> Did you play Major League Baseball? No, I didn't. The guy that discovered the Beatles, he didn't play He didn't play any music. I didn't discover the Beatles either. No, no so not even didn't. anywhere close. I don't really know why you went there. Yeah. Eh, I got, I got rolling. Yeah. Wait, the guy that discovered the Beatles didn't even play music? No. He wasn't a musician. He was just like, these guys sound good. He's like, these guys, the, the, whatever they're doing, when it hits my ear hole, mm. I love it. That's what that guy said. All right, maybe we'll do this a little bit later on when you guys are more enthusiastic about it. What? Yeah, don't I like just your gave, attitudes. I, just gave, the I one, just gave Jordan Walker 30 home runs. Yeah. You're the one that peed all over everything. Yeah, just, you know, I you went I, first, and then everybody else's was I didn't feel, insignificant to you. I didn't feel like you guys were into this exercise at all. I don't feel like you took it serious. So... We'll try what? again. Li- Listen, guys, don't love the effort, but we'll try again later. I'm going to give you another opportunity a little bit later on, okay? Are we going to stick with Jordan Walker? No, we're going we're to use a different player. Okay. All right? Player that you guys don't seem to really like, but I, I do, and Lars Newbar. All right, we'll do a little ceiling floor with Lars mm. Newbar a little bit later on. But why don't we do some hot take or hot garbage? Because I know that usually fires you guys up. Sure. So, if you have a hot take... Send it in, 314-399-9646. That's our Air Comfort Service text line. We'll do Hot Take or Hot Garbage next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Boom! Hot Take... Time to play Hot Take or Hot Garbage here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Seltzer. Here's Andrew Marsh with your Hot Take or Hot Garbage ideas via the Air Comfort Service tax line 314-399-9646. Marsh, go! Yeah, we have a really good one right off the bat from the 636. Hot Take or Hot Garbage. Anthony likes to ask people their opinions and then crap on it when it doesn't match his. Hot Garbage. I don't expect you guys to be in line with me when it comes to my opinions. But I do expect you guys to show some effort. You know, that's I, a, just didn't, I didn't get it. That's a hot take. You. All Please. day, every day. 
Stop. Anthony tries to bully us here at the station. And if we don't fall in line with what he deems to be the right opinion, then he just goes throughout the whole day that after that just trying to get us back. It's really kind of unprofessional and childish, but either way, that's a hot take. Do I appreciate some good revenge? Yeah. But not in this case. I just want to make you guys better. Anthony, you've got it blurred so much, you don't even know anymore if it's just your natural reaction or revenge. Okay? You need help. I like to refer to it as vengeance, not necessarily revenge. It's much better. Yeah. Way more clear. Thank you. All right, Marsh, what else you got? Uh, from the 314, hot take or hot garbage, Jamie wearing the Canadian mankini during the summer. Will it happen? I think it will. Uh, yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't happen. I mean, uh, there's no doubt that the wonderful people down at Lake of the Ozarks are just, you know, wanting to see the mankini. Yeah. And I feel like the Canadian mankini is just a good way to let everybody know that... Uh, you're there. I was born in a different country, but now I'm one of you. Yes. Yes. It's a good call on that. Yeah. Hot take or hop garbage from the 314. The Blues will make three plus trades at the deadline. Hot garbage. Well, I don't think the Blues are going to do much at the deadline. Hey, I think they're going to stand pat for the most part. I, I'm going to say that I can't answer that just yet. Oh, boy. Well, Anthony, if for some reason things don't go good against the Wild, the Flyers, the Islanders, and the Devils, they could be 10 to 12 points out of a wild card spot at that Uh, point. That wouldn't be good. That would change a lot, I believe, for Doug Armstrong. So how about to be determined for me, we'll call it hot weight. That was bad. Hot weight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you think? W-A-I-T. Yeah, not W-E-I-G-T. G-H-T. Duck weight. You know, you lent it to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Didn't never returned it. Yeah, I did. Said VHS on your front seat. Oh, okay. Thanks. From 618, hot taker, hot garbage, Matt Carpenter and Brandon Crawford will start over 20 games between the two of them. Oh, so combined? Combined start 20 games? I could see that. I'd say that's a hot take. Yeah, I think that's a hot take, too. Yeah, I mean, 20 games is not a lot. No, especially combined. Yeah. Now, if you if you were to separate them and say, well, they, they both individually start 20 games, uh, I don't think that would be great. No, uh, but combined, yeah. I'll combined, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, you got to get them off their feet, you Anthony. Gotta, you got to get the, the main guys off their feet, especially in April and May and June and July. Do you find and, it weird, though, that... That Mo signed Crawford, and you know Crawford's like, I, oh, you know, I, I, willing to play anywhere where the Cardinals need me, you know. And then Mo's like, no, he's just going to play shortstop. But uh, let's be clear, that's Mason Wynn's job, you know. <laughs> right? Really? Then what, Mo, Mo is just not blessed with the ability to, like, I don't know, throw some polish on it. He can say, yeah, you know, primarily it's. You know, he's a backup shortstop, but, hey, he's a good enough player. He's proven over the years that if we need him somewhere else, he's right. more than willing, and we'll see. Yeah. There we go. But now he's like, no, he's only going to be a backup shortstop. He's painting himself into a corner. But, you know, but don't forget, that's Mason Wynn's job, you right. know? Yeah. Like, then when Ollie plays him at second base, everybody's asking Ollie, hey, don't you only sign that guy to play shortstop? 100%. It's just that you can't get out of his own way, this guy. We need someone to do something about it. Anthony needs to hold him accountable. I've tried. <laughs> Almost got arrested. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't. 
<laughs> that's, that's the problem. Stalter from the fast lane. Mm-hmm. From the 314 hot taker hot garbage. If this is Goldie's last year as a Cardinal, or I'm sorry, is this Goldie's last year as a Cardinal? If not, what does Mo resign him for? I'm not sure if that's hot take or hot garbage or just a question, but uh, let's just answer it. Uh, so it's kind of weird to me that there hasn't been more talk about this. And I know a lot of these things happen at spring training and sometimes right after spring training, they announce the big, you know, the, the one year extension or whatever. But it has been so quiet yeah. about it that yeah, I'm wondering if Goldie has told the Cardinals it's a wait and see. Like, not the Cardinals saying, hey, let's wait and see if the 37-year-old can still play. Yeah. No, I think it might be Goldie sitting here going, you know what? I don't know. So Kylie, so BK was talking about this on BK and Ferrario, and he's and he said and he he said that if if the season goes haywire again this year, like you got another bad season, he could envision the Cardinals trading Paul Goldschmidt and then in the offseason also trading Nolan Arnato. Oh wow. I don't think there's any way in hell. That is way too non-Cardinals mm. to happen. Goldie's gonna gonna get at least a one-year extension. Or a one-year deal, if not a two-year deal. And they're going to keep Arenado as long as he doesn't tell them, get me out of here. Yeah. The Cardinals are risk-averse, which also means that they're going to play. They're, they're always going to play. But you're safe. attacking it from the Cardinals side of things. Yes, I am. What about what if it's Goldie that's pumping the brakes right now? I don't think so. Okay. I think he wants to be a Cardinal. And anybody that wants to be How a Cardinal How many World Series rings does he have? 0.0. Yeah. Hmm. And he's going to be 37 this year? Yeah. I think that Paul Goldschmidt, if this, if the Titanic is headed where we know it's going, then Goldie might say, hey, look, the Dodgers are looking pretty good, or team whatever. Mm-hmm. He might do I, I would. You're at the end of your career. You've had an illustrious career. The only thing you don't really have is a championship, or even played for a team that was close to a championship. No. In fact, the last time the Diamondbacks – made the World Series was last year. Without, without Pogles. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I look at it that way. Uh, I t- don't think so. The Titanic was a good movie. It was. Now, I turned it off uh, right after the picture scene because I thought, well, right. I see where this is going. It's a nice right. love love mm-hmm. story. I get it. it. Why did you turn it off there? Did you turn it off before? After. Or no. A- after. after. Yeah, after. Oh. Yeah, you wanted that to be the last thing you saw. Yeah. Well, I just, I, I understood, again, <laughs> I under- probably all tuckered out. No, for guys, sure. I'm just saying, I understood where the story was going. The ship would arrive safely in America. No, the two would go on to have a, a wonderful life together. Oh, for uh, sure. Die well into their old age. That's, well, I, did. I didn't need to see the rest of the movie to understand right. where it was This going. isn't the first time you've done something like that, too. No, Super Bowl in uh, 2016. Yeah. Same deal. I don't need to see the end of this. I know the Falcons are yeah. going to win big. Good call. Interesting. Uh, from the 618, hot take or hot garbage, Steven Matz starts at least 25 games with a sub-4 ERA. Hot garbage. Why do you say that? Well, the previous two years. Who, Steven Matz? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> He's, uh, he, threw a bat- he threw a batting practice here the other day. Oh, uh, did he? How'd yeah. he do? I don't know. Did he throw his back out, too? I don't, that's not nice. I, it's not that's nice That's not nice. All. It was snarky. <laughs> it was mean. I laughed, and that's equally not yeah, as nice. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're ashamed. Oh, your we're fingers ashamed. hurt? <laughs> now your back's going to hurt, because you just pulled What if he can play center it. field? 
I'm sure he does a great it's job a shagging thought. fly balls. Mm-hmm. I think any time that you can turn an infielder into an outfielder, that's that's the new card. Now, is a pitcher technically an infielder? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. He's okay. on the infield. He is. Ish. I mean, he's got his own little island, you know, so I don't know. Hey, where's that island located? Right in the middle of the infield. There you go. So I think you have Steven Matz be your center fielder next year. Last one here. Uh, hot take or hot garbage? If Nolan Arnato. Ask for a trade. It will be the most embarrassing thing out of the Cardinals organization in the 21st century. I'd be embarrassed if I were him. Okay. Yeah. Do tell. Well, you got out of Colorado. Uh, this team's not trying all this stuff. Yeah, I couldn't win with you. Okay. Then you go to St. Louis. Then you ask for it again. I'd be embarrassed if I were him. I know my Nolan. Nolan Arnauto is a competitor. He wants to win. Mm. He wants to help this team win. Not just... Bow out like he's Kevin Durant. Mm. It makes you Kevin Durant yeah. sideswiped out of nowhere. Yeah. When did Durant win? When he actually went to a team that he didn't have to be the dude. It's true. Every Good other point. time, it's he has come up short. Has he not? Mm, he has. Yeah. yeah. Not my Nolan Arnato. That mm. dude wants to win and help the team win, not just bounce around until he finds the right spot. They could. I'll just be over here. Well, the team's winning. Uh-huh. I'll contribute a little bit. No. Come on. Be a dude. So I'd be embarrassed if I were him, mm. if I were to ask that. Spin. I agree with you, Anthony. Thank you, Jamie. Well, you're a competitor, too. Yep. You know what it's all about. We've got the gauntlet next in Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN 404. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And we welcome in Brett into the gauntlet. What's up, Brett? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great, man. Hope you're enjoying your day. Is this your first time in the gauntlet? It's, it's actually not, and I was going to bring it up. I Uh-oh. don't know if Jamie will remember this or not. Uh, right around when Jeff Burton passed away, I called in, and in honor of Jeff, I chose Jamie, and he destroyed me. Oh, wow. Well, Jamie's just walking into the studio now, so we'll... What happened? What did I do? So, Brett is on the line. <laughs> Brett, I asked him if he's played in the gauntlet before, and he responded that right around the time that Jeff Burton passed, okay. he called in. Brett called in, took you on, yeah, and uh, apparently took him behind the woodshed. I did? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was, I was kind of wondering if I could, I could throw you guys a loop. My dad recently succumbed to cancer, and in honor oh. of him, I was wondering... If instead of me choosing you guys, you would choose who goes up against me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that about your dad, yeah, too. that's awful, man. I'm yeah. so sorry. sorry. Yeah, it, it was last July, uh, you know, prostate cancer. But, you know, cancer just stinks. So what are you going to do? It certainly does. But, yeah, sorry for your loss, Brett. But, yeah, we can do that. Oh, sorry, pan- pancreatic cancer. What am I thinking? Pancreatic cancer. You know, I lost my <laughs> yeah. father-in-law to pancreatic cancer uh, Easter Sunday in 2020. So, uh, terrible 
a horrible way to go. And you know, yeah, sorry for your loss, Brett. Well, he was, you know, he was a trooper for a year. You know, with when they diagnosed it, and he was a great guy, and he loved sports, and he loved everything about St. Louis. So sure, I want to kind of honor him on this one. All right, well, Anthony, I think there's really no choice. <clears throat> Brett, well, here's here's my thought. Brett's a, a really nice guy. I like Brett a lot. I like Brett a yeah. lot too. So you're going up against Marsh. Marsh. Yeah, you're going up against Marsh. Yep. So, yeah, you got Marsh today. Yeah, we like you, Brett. You're a super nice guy. You fall right into Marsh's. You fall right into Marsh's wheelhouse here. So uh, he he dominated random the other day with the Harry Potter question. I think wasn't that wasn't that him? I'm actually not that great like at random. Him. It was hockey though. I did pretty well. So hockey. Yeah, Marsh Marsh had a perfect score the other day in hockey. So all right, Brett, um, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel, then we'll kick him out. All right, spin the wheel, Marsh. There you go. Wheel is spinning. Brett, what are you hoping for? Baseball or random? Baseball or random. Okay. We'll see what happens here. Marsh is going to get hit, get uh, into the cone of silence. Jamie has the launch codes for us. Jamie, you can see the wheel. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I cannot. I'm to find a piece of paper. It is baseball. Baseball. Oh. Been very, very good to Brett. He yeah. wanted baseball. He did. He's going to get baseball. I will say that Marsh, he's pretty good at baseball. Marsh too. is pretty good at most things, man. Yeah. He's pretty good. He's, he's out of all of us. I think he's the most well-rounded. Probably. All right. Launch codes in my hand here. Four baseball questions, Brett. Each of them are worth two points unless you ask for the options. If you ask for the options, those questions become worth one point. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Here we go. The Cardinals presumptive Opening day starter Sonny Gray was selected to his third career All-Star game last season. Name the other Minnesota twin who appeared alongside Gray in that Midsummer Classic. So who, alongside Gray, Minnesota twin, was an All-Star last year? And this would nominate the options. Okay. Carlos Correa, Pablo Lopez, or Byron Buxton? I'm going to go Pablo Lopez. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Brett, question two. Who is the Cubs' all-time leader in managerial wins? Um, I want to say Dusty Baker, but I don't... Uh, I know it's... I don't think... Madden... I'm going to go Dusty Baker. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Brett, question three. Four-time Gold Glover, uh, yeah, four-time Gold Glove winner, Eric Hosmer has announced his retirement. Hosmer helped lead the Royals to the World Series title in 2015 when they defeated which National League team? Oh, my goodness. Um, Oh, my goodness. I have it on the top of my tongue, and I can't. I'm going to need the options. Sure. The New York Mets? The Philadelphia Phillies or the San Francisco Giants? I believe it was the Phillies. Oh, I don't know. That's final answer to Phillies. Yep. All right, Brett. Fourth and final question. How many players swiped 20-plus bases for the 2022 Cardinals? So how many players stole 20-plus bases for your 2022 Cardinals? I believe it was two. Final answer. All right. Welcome in Marsh here from the Cone of Silence. Brett, how you feeling? 
Uh, not great. Okay. <laughs> uh, not great. All it's right. a baseball thing. You never know. Marshy's strutting back in here. Yes, he is. Marsh uh, wearing his Kirk Cousins yeah. skull chain necklace t-shirt here. Yeah, my Kirko yeah. chain shirt. The Kirko I actually chain. made this. You did? Yeah. It, it looks good, man. Thank you. Yeah. Kirk Cousins likely going back to the Vikings. I hope. I've actually been. I've actually been in the Vikings uh, clubhouse at the uh, stadium up there in Minneapolis. The oh, bank. There you yeah. go. Nice. The bank. Listen to you. All right, Marsh. Are you ready? I'm ready to go. Jamie, tell him. Oh, you better pack your lunch. Category is baseball today, Marsh. All right. Here we go. The Cardinals opening day starter, Sonny Gray, was selected to his third All-Star game last season. Name the other Minnesota twin who appeared alongside Gray in that Midsummer Classic. Ooh, last year, you say? I do say. Um, was it Pablo Lopez? Let's go through that lineup here. Um... It wasn't Byron Buxton. I think he was injured. I'll go with, uh, let's just use the options. uh, Carlos Correa, Pablo Lopez, or Byron Buxton. Ah, damn it. Um, so I remember Pablo, I'm sorry, uh, Byron Buxton. He ended up hitting a home run, but I can't remember if that was last year or the year before. Um... I think he was injured. All my Minnesota friends, they're all they're always like upset at Byron Buxton because he can never stay in or healthy. Damn. Let's go. Let's let's go Pablo Lopez. Final answer. Alright. Alright, Marshy, question two. Who is the Cubs all-time leader in managerial wins? Ooh. Um Is it Lou Pinella? Let's use the options. All right. Is it Leo DeRoche, Joe Madden, or Cap Anson? Um, DeRocher. It's DeRoche in Canada. Anthony, that was just in Canada. <laughs> that was the perfect response. I have a glass to shut the hell up over okay, there. Okay, fair enough. I have no idea. I'll go with Joe Madden. Just trying to help. <laughs> Joe Madden, final answer. <laughs> Just wait till I help you. Go ahead. You do help me. No, it's God. You do help me a lot. Go ahead. All right. Question number three, Marsh. Four-time gold glove winner Eric Hosmer (laughs) has announced his retirement. Hosmer helped lead the Royals to the World Series title in 2015 when they defeated which National League team? 2015? Yes, sir. The uh, New York Mets. Final answer. Okay. Fourth and final question here, Andrew. How many players swiped 20-plus bases for the 2022 Cardinals? <laughs> Options. Was it none, one, or three? You said 20-plus? Yeah. it's a lot of bases. I'm going to go zero. Final answer. Okay. Let's go over these, gentlemen. Brett, one of the nicest guys in the world, versus Andrew Marsh. 
<laughs> the Cardinals opening day starter, Sonny Gray, was selected to his third All-Star game last season, named the other Minnesota twin who appeared alongside Gray in that Midsummer Classic. Brett, you went with Pablo Lopez. Marsh, you went with Pablo Lopez after talking about Byron Buxton for a good two and a half minutes. Correct answer is... Opilo Pablo Lopez. It was Pablo nice. Lopez. Both of you needed the options mm-hmm. on that one, so we have a 1 1 tie. Who is the Cubs' all time leader in managerial wins? Brett, without the options, you went Dusty Baker. Although we know from Marsh choosing the options that Baker, unfortunately, was not an option. Marsh, you went Joe Madden. Correct answer is. Fellas, it's Cap. Anson. Cap Anson. 1,282. Mm. Who knew? Well, Cappy. Oh, how many yeah. World Series wins today? Probably 0.0. 0. Yeah. yeah. More, <laughs> more than likely. So, 1-1 one, one tie again between Brett and Marsh. How many players swiped 20-plus bases for the 2020, uh, 2022 Cardinals? Brett, without the options, you said two. Marsh, you took the options. You said none. Correct answer is... Tommy Edmond. One. Tommy Edmond <laughs> with wow. one. Speaking of one, Marsh has one. Brett has one. Final question. Four-time Gold Glove winner Eric Hosmer has announced his retirement. Hosmer helped lead the Royals to the World Series in 2015 when they defeated which National League team? Brett, you went with the Philadelphia Phillies. Marsh, you went with the New York <laughs> Baseball Mets. If it's the Phillies, Brett wins. If it's the Mets, Marsh wins. If it's San Francisco Giants, who's the other option, we're heading to a walk-off. Jamie, who did those Royals beat? Oh, Brett. It was the Mets. Brett. You have chosen poorly. You lose. <laughs> Brad, I'm sorry. Got you three to one today. Got you on that question. Yeah, that's it. I was either going between the Phillies and the Mets, but, you know, I had fun. Well, we appreciate you playing, man. Thanks for listening. Super nice guy. Uh, but we do have to send you home here. Yeah, it's... it's all good, guys. Keep up the good work, and thanks for everything you guys do on the radio. Well, thanks, appreciate Brett. It, Thank, Brett. You. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. See you, guys. Thank- yeah. See you later, buddy. Jamie, uh, you know, uh, Jamie, I think I could speak for you and the listeners here and just ask Marsh, what the hell's wrong with you? This is your fault. I mean, <laughs> you guys put him in this situation. Nice guy. Comes on talking about his, his dad. I know. Heartfelt moment. And you, you just go ahead and uh, and beat him. I was listening to the Avengers theme song for you, Anthony. Oh, I know boy. you've been watching the movies oh, lately. By the way, <laughs> not the biggest, like, Captain America fan. Like, the first one was like, ah, that's mm-hmm. Oh. Winter Soldier. Holy smokes. Oh, it's a great movie. That's a good movie. Really? Yeah. I think. Oh, you like a little espionage? Well, Winter Soldier, man. That guy was just a a total badass. You've seen his arm? (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) It's so cool. Fixing to get one of them at some point. I hope not. That means you you, you lost your arm. Marsh, you got to do what you got to do. Guys, apparently Cap Anson won two World Series. (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, 1907 and 1908. That is a 1900 name. (laughs) After I said 0.0, I'm like, well, they probably did win. I mean, I know they won way back in the day. Well, there you go. All right. Well, thank you to the text line for providing that answer for us. All right. More Cardinals mic drops. Where's your hopo meter? That's next on 101 ESPN. 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. text messages that come in on the air conference service tax line 314-399-9646 just know that we uh we appreciate you listeners we sure do. you so, seem to get us they're funny you seem to get us and we appreciate that about you so keep the uh text coming in keep the mic drops coming in too we asked you where's your where's your hopeful meter for the cardinals winning the division winning a playoff series this season we've gotten a wide variety of answers we've gotten we gotten one 100 we basically got a zero we did we got one that was like 30 percent. we got one that was kind of 50 percent. got one guy broke down the division a little higher on that then winning a, a playoff series a little lower on that let's hear from uh our gal lisa hey guys so i have about a 25 percent that they'll win the division wow because until they prove they can drive a run-in, until they prove they can get a big out from the pitching side of it, make the big play. 25% in the playoffs, if it's us and the Cubs, there's no comparison between Craig Council and Ali Marmol. There's zero comparison. One has a resume and one sat on the sidelines. One played in the major leagues and got a big hit. I know I was there in 2001 when he did it. He knows high pressure. There's no, just stop with that madness. So anyway, I have 25% in the year and I have zero to 5% in a playoff round with the same leadership group. All right. Thanks guys. You got a big hit, Anthony. Yeah. And of course she's referring to the one off Mariana Rivera Mm. to win the world series. Um, do you guys think that's low? like I, fifty? I could say I could see somebody saying fifty percent to win the 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 division. You know, well, Cubs better roster, maybe even like the Reds with the young talent. But twenty five percent to win the division. Do you guys honestly think that it's going to be as bad of a season as it was last year? So for me, it <clears throat> all of it revolves around this rotation, and I I don't feel like I can properly give you my true opinion. Until we see more. Because if, if it's right now, today, I'm like, oof, we're in trouble. Because of Kyle Gibson giving up the two home two, runs. Two home runs. And, and Miles Michaelis had a fine-ish day. Like, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're like, that's not going to cut it. He was okay. He was fine. He gave up two hits. Yeah, that was, was it. He was fine. I, wasn't, I didn't say he had a bad day. I said he was fine. Sonny Gray had a fine day. You know? Like, that's yeah. where we're at. So... Until this rotation can prove that it can help you win games, like you don't have a chance. I don't care how good of a season Arenado has or Goldie. If your pitchers can't get outs, you're screwed. And so that's why I'm just like I'm pumping the brakes on giving my total like percentage thing mm-hmm. because there's so much spring training left to watch. Steven Matz hasn't taken the bump yet. Uh, like there's lots to evaluate still. Yeah. So it's tough because I think it's going to truly depend on the pitching. Jamie, you were driving in from the airport, so maybe you heard this, maybe you didn't. But 
I did a segment earlier today on Mo and the starting starting pitching, and I almost feel like he's about to make the same mistake he did a year ago, which is believing that the offense and the bullpen can carry the rotation, and the rotation only has to be fine. And if that's his thought process, and I have no idea if it is, but I think it was last year. If they just if it just holds its water, we're good, right? If it just treads water, it's fine, because the offense can be good and the bullpen's can be good. Then this is going to blow up in his face again. You can't have a fine starting rotation and do damage. I realize that the Diamondbacks people they thought they were going to do last year. That's what I'm saying. It's, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Jamie, I know a lot of people throw out the well. Look at the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks had a pretty good rotation when it's all said and done. We could talk about Corbin Carroll. We could talk about Cattell Marte. We could talk about some of the players offensively that everybody remembers having the big hits or the home runs off of Clayton Kershaw or Lance Lynn. But it was that starting rotation that wound up put pitching them into the World Series. You need a it doesn't have to be a young rotation, but you have to you have to have a rotation that shoves at the right time. And that's what Arizona had. Oh, they got hot. They got hot because of their pitching. I don't think that this is a a rotation that the Cardinals have that is going to surprise when it comes to the postseason. If they make it. Do you? Like, I don't think I'm going to be massive, overly surprised by the rotation. I think at best it's going to be like, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. I just wonder, and this is really looking ahead. I mean, we're talking about playoffs, so I guess it's not that far right. ahead. But if your team is leading the division, if you are a team that you know shows signs of promise, you wonder if Mo at the deadline will go get a pitcher, like a real pitcher. You know he won't. I know, but and I'm not even being overly pessimistic. When is he? When has he done anything at the deadline that has been eye popping? Even even if you go back to 2011, when he revamped the bullpen, I mean, what he did at the deadline helped the Cardinals win a World Series. But when was the last time? Or really, that was the last time. Since then, when when did he like really surprise people at the trade deadline? Because I remember a lot of John Lester's and Jay Happ and Edward Mojica. Yeah, but I feel like if they're if they're leading the division and the team is offensively playing well, I feel like this year specifically, like he might push the chips into the middle of the table. Not like, and I'm not talking about going to get an ace or anything, but just a, a good starter, a number two starter on an expiring contract. I I feel like. Because last year was so bad, and because so many people are still so critical of Mo and the Cardinals overall, that if they're first place heading into the trade deadline and it looks like they could match up pretty well in the postseason mm. if they get a start, I feel like he might. I don't think a leopard changes his, his spots. I think Mo's an NASCAR driver that's like, better play this safe, I'll pit now, instead of let's test out these tires, boys. That's what I think. That's what I think of my Mo. Let's test this rubber. Let's test this rubber right now. Yeah, he's definitely not that guy. No, not at all. Mm. Let's hear from Matthew. Okay, boys, this is your daddy. Your daddy what? talking to you so you know this is the truth. Daddy Whoa. only speaks the truth. 50% probability Cardinals <laughs> win their division. Doesn't matter. Bounced in the first round, swept. Everyone's fired. Everyone quits. What? Everyone quits. Everybody quit. I think they'd rather <laughs> have out. Him, I think they'd rather have him quit than be fired, right? Yeah. You can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, not good. Take the severance. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I wasn't expecting uh, Matthew to go that route. Like the 50%, you know, that makes sense. But then he kind of added some vigor there at the end there with the playoffs and not making the playoffs. That's our daddy there. I guess so. All right. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's get back into your St. Louis Blues. Eh. Are the Blues still looking for the right partner for Colton Pareko? We've been talking about this for five, six years now. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. So Marsh went uh, Twitter diving at some point. And he found this tweet from uh, Jay Fresh at Dr- Jay Fresh Hockey. Jay Fresh. Oh, God. <laughs> he writes on stats, yeah. the eye test, and the hockey in general. Sure. But, does. Uh, something. So he says, Pareko. What, what did they tell you in the break? Well, let's see what happens here. Oh, let's see. <laughs> So Jay Fresh tweets out, Pareko's a real interesting player. He's huge, he skates beautifully, he defends well, he's a big shot, he carries the puck in transition more than almost anyone. But not a driver of offense, and the Blues don't have the right partner for him. So, Jamie, I feel like we've been talking about this for five years now. Does Colin Pareko not have the right partner? And if they don't, who is that player? All right. And also, is it you? Is it me? Yeah. I don't think I can help him out very much anymore. Jamie would be a great partner. My prime. Life. In in my prime, it would have been a great setup. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Old big boy would have been forced to pull up his pants a little bit, though. I would have needed some help. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. Um, so the question is kind of vague, really. It, you know, he needs to find the right partner, the best partner. Okay, so, hey, Tampa, would you trade us Victor Hedman? Oh, that'd be nice. Because, boy, that'd be nice, right? Are they willing to trade him? No. Okay. So Thought I'd ask. you're in a situation where you don't have a homegrown partner for Colton Pareko, so you went and you got Nick Letty. Nick Letty is one of the best defensemen right now for the Blues. Like, it's Pareko, Letty, and then work your way down from there. Nick Letty's playing really good hockey, man. And in his small absence the other night in the uh, in the first game against Winnipeg, when he got the the puck in the face and he had to leave the game for a little bit, like you could tell. You're sitting there going, if Letty's gone for the rest of this game, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. And so as he comes back, calms some things down, makes a couple of easy, nice plays, you know. So is Nick Letty the best partner for Colton Pareko? Like throughout the NHL? No, probably not. Is he the best partner you have right now on your roster for him? Yes. And I think I feel like Nick Letty is going to get or Doug Armstrong's going to get phone calls about Nick Letty at the deadline. I can promise you that. He's got two more years at four million a year, and he's proving that he can play top two minutes mm-hmm. at his age still. Not that he's old, but he's he's on the backside of his career, right? So when you get guys like that. You look at that, there's value there. So if I'm a team that needs a defenseman, let's say I'm the Edmonton Oilers, and this is a great one because I had this discussion last night with somebody in Edmonton who flat out, as a scout for another team, flat out asked me about Nick Letty. 
And I said, Nick Letty would be really good for the Edmonton Oilers. The way he skates, the way he moves the puck, and how reliable he's been, like he would probably be their best defenseman. Ekholm would be right there with him. Evan Bouchard is great on the power play. Darnell Nurse is okay. But the way Nick Letty skates and the way he moves the puck out of the zone, like Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, all these guys would be pushing offense all day long. So I I guess to get back to the original question, I understand the question because we're always searching for Jay Bowmeister. Yeah. Where's Jay Bowmeister? Well, Jay Bowmeister is going to probably be a Hall of Famer at some point. Those guys don't just fall off trees. And it took Jay Bowmeister a long time to get to where he was. And then even when he got here, Blues fans didn't like him. They thought his contract was too expensive. He doesn't do enough for that kind of money. And then, like, two years later, like, man, we sure would love to have Jay (laughs) Bowmeister back Usually how it works. Either way. Um, So I think that is there a better partner out there for him? Probably. Not available, though. Not available. Yeah. Uh, Because you you have to imagine he'd be a top-two defenseman. What team is just parting with a top two defenseman? Not a contender. And for people who might be banging the drum saying that, oh, Jacob Chikrin. Ottawa's looking at Jill D- Jacob Chikrin. I don't know if Jacob Chikrin is better than Nick Letty. I've watched a lot of Senators games, and he is erratic defensively. He is a, a player that was really good on a bad team in Arizona. He had the 20-goal, 20 22-goal season the one year, a 20-plus goal season. With, everybody thought this guy's going to be Norris Trophy guy. What happened? Nothing. Even after that in Arizona, he was it was up and down, up and down. And he's like, we're going to trade him to Ottawa, get him to a good team. The team hasn't played all that great, but Jacob Chikrin's been a part of it. Mm-hmm. And the other night I watched uh, one period specifically and just watched all of his shifts. And defensively, he was kind of lost out there at times. So if you think, like, that's the answer, I don't know. Nick Letty's pretty damn reliable out there. Yeah. So, again, to be clear, I'm not saying Nick Letty is an elite NHL defenseman. I'm saying he's a really good partner for Colton Pareko right now and that a lot of teams will probably pick up the phone and call Doug Armstrong on deadline day and ask about Nick Letty. That's Jamie Rivers from Anthony Stalter. Air Comfort Service Talks Line is 314-399-9646. So if you have a question for us, send it there because we've got our sports six-pack next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now... Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. There's Andrew Marsh with your questions via the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. Time for the Sports Six Pack. Question one, please. Question number one. <laughs> All right. Dan was doing that yesterday. <laughs> Question one, please. Plea? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Dan's funny. Yeah, he is. Uh, so, Jamie, we got a question from Gator, Gator Bait, from the Steak Pit. He wanted to welcome you back uh, from your homeland, that which is Canada. Did you happen to sip on any special Canadian whiskey when you were up there? No. In fact, I was kind of disappointed. And uh, I, I went out a couple times and had a few drinks. And, you know, it, they had the regular stuff available. But I thought, based on some of the allocations, like, 
couple of the Canadian cities I've gone into had stuff that we don't get here in St. Louis. So it's kind of like, ooh, sweet find. Mm -hmm. Up in, well, I didn't get a chance to do anything in Winnipeg. We went out in Edmonton, went to a big liquor store there, they call it, Anthony. And <laughs> They call it the big liquor store? No, they just call it the liquor store. Ah. It's pretty uh, pretty original. Gotcha. And uh, <laughs> I walked in, and I thought, oh, okay, let's see what we got here. Mm -hmm. And they had nothing but, like, the generic stuff. Like, nothing even, like, that wowed me. Yeah. So I was disappointed. And then I went to a, I went to a, an establishment last night bar after the game, and uh, asked for an old fashioned. Mm -hmm. And they said, "Oh, we have that, but it's a premix." What? Yeah, What's a premix? Well, they they make bottles now that are an old fashioned mixed yeah. into a bottle. You just pour like the margaritas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, gotcha. Like, yep. So I was like, "Oh." Oh, okay. I'll try it. Oh, go. I took one sip and I was like, hey, by the way, can you put another shot of bourbon in that? Because <laughs> uh, it doesn't taste like there's any bourbon in that. Yeah. Thing. And the, the, the lady, the girl, she was sweet. She did. It was fine. It was not a big deal, you know. But again, my disappointment was was definitely there. So you give it a D minus. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no finding any kind of good bourbons. Mm. I, was, I was disappointed in my homeland. We're sorry, Jamie. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not your fault, but well. I appreciate it. Feel like it's my fault. Probably is. Mm -hmm. Question number two. We did touch on this when you guys were talking with Curbs, uh, but from the six one eight, did you find it odd that Perunovic was on the bench last night when he need not on the bench, but he was up and you know he wasn't playing uh, <laughs> last night when he needs to play in almost all the remaining games to remain a restricted free agent? Do you think they're ready to let him leave? Well, that I don't know. The last part I have no idea. I'm not in those meetings. Um, I have not heard anything to that quote. Like, uh, ready to move on, haven't or anything like that. I, I I thought it was an odd choice just because of this whole games played thing that he's got to reach and attain. But I also didn't disagree with the decision. And, you know, he does have some some flexibility in the number of games that, you know, Drew Banister has some flexibility in the number of games that he's going to have to dress Scott Perunovic in. And I think it was okay for him to send a message. I think it was okay for him to not just make it seem like this is going to be an automatic because otherwise you're an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. And I'm sure that Drew Bannister didn't just wake up and say, ah, I've had it. I'm, I'm benching this kid. I'm almost positive that they sat down as a coaching staff, uh, evaluated his play, evaluated the situation. They probably had a conversation with Doug Armstrong or Al McInnes or somebody that's up in the front office there. And they probably said, you know what? This is the best thing for the player, and it's the best thing for the team right now is to put Tyler Tucker in. Scott Perunovich has to be accountable for his play, and we need more from him. Drew Bannister has done nothing but that. If you don't play the right way, you don't play. And if he can do it to Pavel Buchnevich, and he can do it to Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo, and Kasperi Kapanen, why can't he do it to Scott Perunovich? Just because he has a games played thing? Mm hmm well, that's why you got a little bit of a buffer there. If he sits him for five, six games in a row, that'll be interesting. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. And hopefully Scott Perunovich takes it like the other guys did and bounces back with a stronger effort. Yeah. I think they're going to trade him. Okay. Question number three. I do. I think they're going to trade him. I just get that sense. Hmm. I got my hockey gut. Mm -hmm. Hockey gut says they're going to trade Scott Perunovich. Got to trust your hockey gut, right? Thank you. Hasn't led me astray thus far. Mm -mm. 
Hmm. Go Sharks. From the 636, is beer league roller hockey the most manly adult rec league activity someone can do? Beer league roller hockey? Oh, yeah. Okay. On the tile. Um, I, I, I'm i not even going to pretend because I've never played beer league roller hockey. I've Have I ever told you about the one time it. I've played roller hockey? No. Okay. Ooh, a, I, I can't wait to hear this. This is a funny story. So I was just... Just been drafted to the NHL, 1993, and my brother played in the IHL, which was the minors, and they had a team in Atlanta called the Atlanta Knights, and my brother and a couple of his teammates and a local guy built a roller rink, because hockey was starting to grow in Atlanta, and uh, they called it Hockey Southern Style. It was actually kind of funny, Mm -hmm. but the rink was outside, and every day at like four o'clock, they'd have a like Mm drop-in. So teams, like a bunch of dudes would show up, and, you know, you take the jerseys and kind of throw them back and forth, make sure it's even, and then there's your teams. Mm-hmm. And so I knew this, and I talked to John Kirk, who was a, the Bauer rep at the time. His I was a Bauer guy. And I was like, hey, man, I need some rollerblades. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So he sent me some rollerblades, and they were like the Rolls Royce of rollerblades. <laughs> like the metal wheel holders and, like, like stuff that, like, they just come out with some of this stuff. So I'm feeling like, hey, I'm... I mean, I'm an NHL draft pick, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So I wheeled out onto the, the roller rink. I got my shades on because there's no roof. It's outdoors. I'm flying around, and the biscuit is a little bit lighter, you know? So I'm snapping this biscuit around at like 100 miles an hour. It's like, swish, and it's fine. But then the game starts. But then your brain kicks in, okay? <laughs> yeah. My brain kicks in to play ice hockey. Mm. So I'm skating with the puck, like, up the, what would you call it? The surface, the rink, the, the tile, the tile. I'm mm-hmm. I'm skating up the tile towards the other end, and I kind of bobble the puck, and guy, guy kind of loses it, you know, a little bit. The guy's right there. Well, I go to stop. Oh boy, you can't stop the same way. Like some people oh, can. Boy. Some people are like rollerblade. Oh yeah, like, they're, they're really really mm-hmm. good, and I applaud them. Yeah, but I was not. Right. So I went to stop, turn sideways, and boom, rolled over like full. Like it looked like car crash. <laughs> <laughs> like when a Stock car is like, yeah. Oh man. Right. My sunglasses went flying. They broke. I'm laying on the, the tile, sticks over here, and they're looking at like, who's this loser? <laughs> <laughs> this guy plays in the NHL. No, yeah. They didn't know anything. They didn't, <laughs> oh, know, they didn't, anything. know, they didn't yeah. know anything about that. And they're like, this guy sucks, you know? <laughs> and so I was so mad. I don't suck. I was so mad. I'm pretty good. I told the guy on the bench next to me, like, I go, next shift, I go, just get me the puck. Mm-hmm. Just get me the puck. And he's like, okay, fine. So we get it. He hit, slides over me. I take two strides and wire a clapper. <laughs> I mean, I leaned into this sucker, and just whoever's in the way is just going to feel it and be like, yeah, I don't suck. <laughs> you see that? And I skated off, never played again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I swear, never played again. So my hat, hat's off to the roller players who can stop out there and not do what I did. So uh, go ahead, Marsh. Roller hockey's huge here in St. Louis. Is like it? Lindenwood's team is super good. I have a ton of buddies that play out at All American. Um, there's a lot of a lot of St. Louis kids that grew up playing roller hockey, and it really helps your hands too. Yeah, like Patty like Maroon. Pat Maroon played. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Local legend JP Bealston. Nice. He played for Team USA, and uh, he runs Car Shield now, the AAA hockey. His dad was a coach at Lindenwood for mm-hmm. a number of years. That reminds me. Did I ever tell you a story when Dunk tried softball? For the first time oh no so dunk obviously i mean just a mammoth home run hitter you think all right 
transition's going to be easy. But like you, he got inside his dome, right? Like he, he's like, I'm playing softball. Any any, any tips? Because you knew I played. I go, yeah, hit the ball over the fence, man. Go for it. <laughs> Wear as many sweatbands as you can. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, but it's different. It's <laughs> <And> di- flippers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got to make sure that your swag is on point. That's <laughs> yeah. about it. I'm like, yeah, man, just unleash one. He goes, well, the bat's different, the arc, and all this. I'm like, oh, man, you're going to be fine. It's a different animal. He comes in the next day. He goes, I struck out three times. I go, what do you mean you struck out three times? He goes, I did. I struck out three times. I go, are you kidding me? But he just, he couldn't, you know, the the, the timing of it all, well, he got in his, he got well, in his own the head. The swing, too, for softball, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've played baseball and softball. The swing is different. Yeah. Like, sometimes well, it's in like so- a chop yeah, down. It's chop, chop down, down right. to A lot of people it. think you have to go... You dip the shoulder. That's right. And no, and it's then actually. you end up whiffing or right. fouling it off because you can't get a piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dudes that put on like the professional home run derbies and stuff like that for softball, the guys that are just, there's in the, they're, they're in these really competitive men's leagues. They'll, they'll chop down at it yeah. to get that spin. Mm-hmm. And it's just an, it's an just absolute a laser. Mammoth home run. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I can't help in softball. I'm the guy, unfortunately, that just. I mean, you don't want to be this guy. You hit the ball up the middle. You, I, I can't, oh, I can't, yeah. I can't no. not do it. Like, it's just, no. that's why I grew up. Hey, hit the ball up the middle. Hit the ball <laughs> up the middle. And now I'm poor guy pitching. He's just like, dude, you got to stop. He's wearing yeah. a cage in a mouth. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. ready to Some kill Some of those me. guys do. I don't blame them. I mean, you get you hit him right one. in the knee. Yeah, man. No protection. All right. Uh, what did we get to? Two? I think we got to three. Not good enough. Sports six pack continued next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The Sports Six Pack is now. All right, so we didn't finish the sports six-pack. So why don't we go ahead and do that right now here in the Fast Lane 503. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Marsh, go. Question number four. All right, we touched on this uh, earlier in the show. Jamie, you were not here just yet. It was about the uh, the free agents in the NFL, and there was one player that came up that I think we want to or we wanted to maybe uh, just dive into a little bit more. Uh, so we got a question from 314. Is the best fit for Saquon Barkley the Baltimore Ravens, and would that be the best duo in football with him and Lamar Jackson? The best duo in football? Probably not, but it'd be pretty it'd be pretty interesting, that's for sure. I think I think that uh, Saquon Barkley the Ravens would be a perfect fit. The Ravens have a built-up defense. They've got more than enough skill position players. They've got a good offensive line. Obviously, they have the quarterback. Adding Saquon Barkley to the Ravens, I think, would be outstanding. And then they don't have to invest in a running back in, the, in you know, first round, second round. Roll with that. Saquon Barkley in the Ravens offense, sign me up. Either that or Derrick Henry, who might be a perfect Baltimore Raven. But Derrick Henry's got a little more miles on the tires. He's older. Yeah. So I would say Saquon Barkley. Ravens. I don't hate it. I like it. I'm trying to think of another team that could really benefit from a good running game. But it has to be a team that'll actually use him. Right. You know, like you think of you think of the Chiefs, but Andy Reid, I don't know if Andy Reid's gonna give the ball enough to Saquon Barkley. No, you got Pacheco. You got Pacheco, yeah. Um, but still Saquon's an upgrade. 
the right Chargers now would be the char- Chargers. Chargers would well, be good. Harbaugh's already said flat out. He's mm-hmm. on record saying I I would really like to get Saquon Barkley. I think any team though. Would, Eagles right? Eagles but would be a good spot. Depends for on the cost. Well, but to Jamie's question, they didn't run the ball nearly enough. That's because AJ Brown wanted the damn thing all the time. He may not be there. Hmm? He may not be there. Wait, what? They what said you, that he was problematic. What are you hearing, Jamie? I'm just saying they they said that it got to be problematic near the end of the year. Him and Jalen Hurts and like just all the time. AJ Brown, he's like seven eleven. He's always open. Yeah. You know? So I mean, so it happens with bona fide number one wide receivers. Yeah, but it's fine, but you you also have to play like a team game. No. No, you gotta get him the ball. And those guys are fine, but then they grow old on you and you get tired of hearing them. Yes. So Yeah, Saquon Barkley, Ravens, love it. Question number five. This is an interesting question. I like this question from the 314. Is Jordan Bennington like a flashy cornerback in the NFL? And Joel Hofer most is mostly a lockdown corner. Jordan Bennington making flashy saves slash switching momentum because of them, i.e. interceptions in the NFL. But to make those saves, he overplays shots, which sometimes lets easy goals in, while Hofer is more sound, less interceptions, but reduces the number of easy goals. Jamie, if I could. I think uh, Jordan Bennington is your bona fide number one cornerback, and Joel Hofer is your bona fide number two cornerback. Mm. Don't forget, interceptions occur when the ball is being thrown at you constantly. Like Deron Bland a year ago, they're like, man, this guy's unbelievable. Look at how many interceptions he has. Yeah, because quarterbacks are picking on him constantly. He has opportunities for interceptions. I don't think Jordan Bennington overplays things. No, I, I don't think at all. Stud. I think that he makes the saves that he needs to make. Mm-hmm. And when they're flashy saves, it's because it's a tremendous goal-scoring opportunity that he has to overextend himself in order to make that save. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't think I would. To me, that's not a direct comparable. I'm with you. Question number six. Marsh's right, we pick, Marsh is picking one out yeah, here. I'm trying yeah. to figure out Jesus what the best, the best question is. We did get a question Spence about the weather here. Yeah. About the weather being, and it's from Justin, the weather being just the most crazy thing, just St. Louis weather in general. Real Miles Michaelis of 2023, the weather the last couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, today or yesterday was Miles Michaelis of April. Two days ago. It was Miles Michaelis of May. What'd you say, Jamie? Well, Jamie wasn't here. I wasn't here. I trust me. I was definitely in the Miles Michaelis of May. That's right. I apologize. I was. Anthony, remember that day we woke up and there was snow everywhere? I do. And I just didn't think it was actually going to snow. Yeah. Who? Who? What? Which cardinal is that? Is that day? The snow day. The snow day. Uh. When you just woke up, opened the door, and there was snow. Hmm. I'm assuming you didn't want the snow, right? No. Goodness gracious, no. It took me like an hour to get to work. Yeah. So so a cardinal that's really frustrating mm-hmm. to you, uh, that you don't necessarily want, but all of a sudden he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- Taylor Motter. <laughs> well, yeah. no, he's not on the team anymore. Uh, it's a, but the Taylor Motter it's of 2023. you didn't want him. Yeah. No, come on now. I got to go with him. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. You're like, why? Is he anywhere here? I don't know. No, he's not. I, well, he's not with the Cardinals. I don't know where he went. Right. 
No idea. Okay. Let's do let's do a quick uh we did Google another, search. We got a question while you're while you're looking that up, another football question. Uh what is the best fit for T. Higgins? Uh Taylor Motter. <laughs> I'll get back to T. Higgins here. No, he's a free agent. What? <laughs> Go get him. How old is he? He's 34. Perfect. Not quite there. I'll have to wait another year. Oh. Hold on. When's his birthday? No, nope, September 18th. He's, we got a while yet before he hey, turns 35. September, call September, up. yeah. Call him up in September. Yeah. He is a perfect fit. All right, T. Higgins, you, you ask? Yes. Besides Cincinnati? Buffalo. Ooh. Well, what are you looking for? Are you looking are you looking to to expand? I mean, he's he's a number one. So how about we find a team that doesn't doesn't currently have a number one? We got a uh, uh, while you look that up from the three one four Tennessee for T Higgins with his old offensive coordinator to Tennessee, Kansas City would be a good fit. Kansas City certainly, yeah. Um, how about we give him to the? Uh, hmm. I mean, the Bengals are going to keep. The Bengals should keep him. Yeah, I'll just. And what about what about Indianapolis? If they don't resign Michael Pitt, Michael Pittman's a possession receiver, more of a possession receiver. So they can they can keep both guys, but T. Higgins would be interesting there. Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee'd be fine. I think I think he's perfect with Cincinnati. If you want a really dynamic offense, you go with Buffalo. Him, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis is a free agent, so if they let him go. Now, Buffalo is still building from the outside in, which I don't necessarily think is smart, but when it comes to T. Higgins, I mean, T. Higgins would be a fit anywhere. He's a, he's an outstanding receiver. All right. That's your Sports 6 back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Took us a while to finish it, but we got there. Yeah. Sometimes it takes longer. That's right. It's worth it, though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Always. it's better. Mm-hmm. All right, so earlier today... We did the ceiling floor game with Jordan Walker. I didn't uh, necessarily love the effort that was displayed by Andrew Marsh or Jamie Rivers, but they guaranteed me that their game for this next round. Mm. Let's start off with Lars Newbar, but why don't we also talk about Miles Michaelis and maybe some other Cardinals? Ceiling floor. You can get the best out of Jamie and Marsh next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's play ceiling floor with some of these other Cardinals players. Let's start with Lars Newpar. The ceiling for Lars Newpar in 2024. And by the way, we got a I got a text or a tweet from um, somebody named Alex that said, "Hey, to clarify, you said on one on one that Jordan Walker's ceiling is 25 home runs and 85 RBIs. Is that for this year only, or do you never see him having a season surpassing those numbers in his entire career?" Really good question. I responded to him. It's a good question. Only 2024. So we're not talking about an entire career. We're just talking about for 2024. So for Lars Newbar, statistically, or any other way that you want to do it, but I think statistically is probably the easiest. 
What's your ceiling for for Lars? Huh. Go ahead, Andrew. 20, 20 home runs. <laughs> Twenty home runs. Maybe like sixty RBIs, depending on where he's batting in the lineup. So you think Newt is worse than Walker? Well, I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Why you don't have to say it like well, that? No, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> just making sure we're you clear. You did put some stank on it. No, everybody always pumps up the tires of Lars Newtbar like he's this going to be like this all star player. Well, yeah, but he shouldn't be profiling better than Jordan Walker. Who's supposed to be like the next dude yeah. in your org? I think that's I think that's realistic. Yeah, twenty home runs. If you get twenty plus out of Lars, you're, yeah. you're good with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I was, was asking the question. I th- I think his I think his numbers could actually compare to Jordan Walker outside of the RBI numbers because Lars is going to face a lot of he's going to he's going to see the the leadoff spot. Yeah, when, I think I think his on base will probably be better than Jordan Walker. Yes, I do too. But if you get 20-plus out of Lars Newbar, he scores you 75 runs, drives in 60 to 65. I think that's a solid season. That actually might just be a, a good projection, not necessarily a ceiling. Mm. I think that would actually be closer to his floor. Okay. Why are you looking at me like that? Why? What is your deal with Lars? I have nothing. I'm just paying attention to what you're saying. Yeah, but you got such a... Like a scowl on your face. Well, you, you flipped it on its head. He's like, well, that's more of my projection. That was his ceiling. Maybe it's your projection, but it's his ceiling. So what the hell's your problem? Yeah, thanks, Jamie. I've got a lot of problems, but nothing, none, none with Marsh. But here's the problem, Anthony, with what you've done here today, okay? <laughs> here's the problem. Is you've set us both up for failure with this stupid ceiling and floor game that you're playing. No, I okay? haven't. Yeah, you have. Because every time we have a response, you've got a rebuttal. And you, you're just having a conversation, no, Jamie. You're, not. you're really not because you asked him for his ceiling. He gave his ceiling. You're like, bah, that's it. It dawned on me that I think that's actually a pretty good projection for Lars Newbar. So what? Where does the projection fit in? Are we playing ceiling floor projection? Is that the new game? Sure, we can do whatever we want. It's the fast lane. What's your <laughs> no ceiling? rules, just right. What's your what's your ceiling? Kind of like Jordan Walker, twenty five home runs, ten stolen bases. Is that your projection? 75 runs. I think 25 is too high. Like, that's for a high ce- ceiling. For, for, for Lars? That's why yeah. I said it's a ceiling. I don't know. I think if it's I'm a- get, if I say, okay, so let's let's do this, Marsh. <clears throat> if I say over under home runs for Lars Newport, 18 and a half, what are you, what are you taking? Over. Okay. Not you? Depends. Is he healthy all year? That's unfortunately, it's. Part of the equation. Yeah. What, when I think what did he have last year? <laughs> Let's look he that didn't up. get 20 last year. No. He didn't play enough games. Well, I think when I hear ceiling, I'm thinking, what is the best that he can do in a given year? I think 20 home runs is probably his ceiling. Maybe he gets like 23. He had 14 the last two years. I think he can get to 20. Hell, if we have Brendan Donovan getting to 15 last he season. He should have got to 15. He should have. I think Nuke can get to 20 if he does stay healthy. That's his ceiling. I don't know if he's projected to get 20 because, like Jamie said, he can't stay healthy for a full year. How many guys How many guys do you think hit home runs, uh, 20 home runs this year? On the Cardinals? Yeah. Five. Okay, so let's run through it. I've got Arnado, Goldie, Gorman, Contreras. Now what? Walker. 
I think Walker could get there. To Are you give saying you five. last year or this season? No, this, this season. season this up. season. Oh. Yeah. This season coming up. I'd say. I think Walker six. could get there. I think Nuke could get there. I think they could get there, yeah. They could. Yeah. All right. Stolen bases. How many How many you get 10 plus? 10 plus? Yeah. Tommy Edmonds, guaranteed to get 10 plus Donovan. stolen bases. Edmund probably get 25. What about Donovan? I don't think Donovan gets to 10. Okay. Mason Wynn? Wynn, I think, gets mm-hmm. to 10. I think Walker gets to 10. Think of three guys? Yeah. What about Newt? Uh, Newt can, yeah, Newt could get there too. Yeah. Let's go four. Four stolen bases. Anybody drive in 100? If this, this team, team wants to be good, they need a few. A few. I mean, Goldie and Arnado yeah. need to hit 100 RBIs. Arnado for sure, because if Goldschmidt hits second, yeah, Arna, But but if Arnado is your your cleanup hitter, he's got it. He's got to drive in at least 100. I don't think anybody else comes close to that outside of Goldschmidt. I don't think anybody hits 90 outside of or drives in 90 uh, outside of Arnado and Goldie. Right. Okay, so if Gorman though is hitting 30 home runs, 30 mm-hmm. plus, I mean he's got to be tickling 100 RBI. Yeah. I don't think so. You think all these Where are going to be solo batting shots? He'll probably bat third. I think I think he'll he would be under ninety. Hundred is tough to get to, man. It is. I think the only guy that's got a shot is Arenado to drive in hundred. You're not you're not giving me confidence in this team right now. Why? What are you talking about? I'm I'm just not feeling it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Why don't we talk about the pitchers? Okay, Miles who's on, Michaelis. Who's, who's under four? Under four wins. Oh. <laughs> who's under a four ERA? I think there's one. I think it's Sonny Gray. What about you guys? Um, yeah, I just—it's so difficult to think about this right now. I just have last year so in, still on the ingrained. Brain, ingrained. That's just like there's no way. Is—is is it fair to say Sonny Gray's the only one in the threes? Yeah, I think that's fair. How many get under four five? I think you get two. Counting Sonny Gray? Yep. I think you get two. Who's your other guy? Has to be Michaelis. I told you that the other day. He's got to be your number two. He has to be. I actually think Lynn could get under four five. He did two years ago. And last year he didn't. No, he did not. Last year was tough. I think Steven Matz can get under four five, but only because he's going to throw like seven games. Oh, come on. <laughs> Come on! He burned you one year. <laughs> what? Burned me one year, two years. Well, the one year you had him pitching X well, amount of innings. Well, he was Cy Young for Anthony the one year. Yeah. Remember what are you the, talking about? Remember your bet with BT? Who's going to pitch more innings, Michael oh, or yeah, Matt? That was dumb. <laughs> that, was, that was over a month into the season. <laughs> that was stupid. Was that last year? That no, was two, two, years, two ago. years ago. It was two years ago? Yeah. yeah. That the was the first when... time he got hurt. Mm-hmm. At least it was the first time, and I didn't do it last year. Something tells me it was last year. Oh, well, you learned. I did. I learned. I should have known, though, because Brad was so quick with that. It's Miles Michaelis. As soon as he said it that quickly, I should have just said, you know what? This I'm is good. I'm going to back out. <laughs> if you can allow me to back out, I'm going to back out on this. All right, who's got 150-plus strikeouts? How many? Starting rotation. Two. I got two, too. Wait, what? 150, 150. strikeouts? Yeah. How many got there last year? None. Um, let's see. I don't here. think any of them got to 150 strikeouts last year. Yeah, no, they did. Year. Uh, let's see. You think? 
Yeah, Linded. Well, we oh, it, okay. I meant like the on like the Michaelis, Matts. Oh, last, last oh, no, I mean, I didn't mean the new guys coming in. Michaelis, just for reference, Michaelis last year had how many strikeouts? One thirty-seven. But he had one hundred and fifty-three the year before. He had one hundred and thirty-seven last year. I say, if that's the case, then I'll say two. I think Lynn and Gray get there. That's what I was thinking too. I think Lynn and Gray get there. I think Steven Matz could, if he pitches the way he did out of the bullpen and he attacks hitters, he'll probably start more than seven games. (laughs) How many starts does he have to get to get to 150 strikeouts? I don't know. 50? 55? Starts? (laughs) Yeah. To get to 150. I thought we were sticking to the 2024 year, Anthony. (laughs) Not a five-year period. Year and a half. I think he gets there. All right. That was kind of fun. It's the Fast Lane 120 ESPN. Biggest question of the day is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalters, Andrew Marshall, the biggest question of the day. All right, let's go back to the Cardinals. All right. If Dylan Carlson runs away with the starting center fielder job, Mm -hmm. starting center fielder, then what? What happens? What happens with Mason Wynn? What happens with Tommy Edmond when he returns? What happens to the second base position? What happens with Crawford? What happens with Matt Carpenter? Uh, Tommy Edmond returns to center field, and um, that's it. Even if Dylan Carlson is playing very well? You're talking about playing very well in spring training? I'm talking about into the season, too. Into the regular season, he's playing really well. Yeah, then is Lars playing well? Yeah, let's just say the outfield's playing really well. Tommy Edmond's job. Really? Somebody's not. You're not going to have all... Everybody hitting well, so maybe maybe it's Tommy Edmund back at second base. Maybe Brandon Donovan's not hitting, or Nolan Gorman's not hitting. Mm. Not everybody's going to be hitting. I think they're going to give Mason Wynn plenty of runway. I don't think it's going to be a situation where Mason Wynn struggles in April and they send him down in, in, to Memphis. I realize they did that last year with Jordan Walker, but in fairness to the Cardinals, Jordan Walker was beating the ball into the ground consistently. And when he came back up, he stayed. But I do not think it's going to be a situation where Mason Wynn is sent to the minors just because he's struggling. So it won't be Wynn. But not everybody in the outfield and at second base will be hitting well when Tommy Edmond comes back. So if Dylan Carlson is tearing the cover off the ball, maybe he stays at center for a short period of time. Otherwise, it's Tommy Edmond's job. He's the projected starter. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I think that if... If Dylan Carlson's playing so well, then the Cardinals might opt to even kind of slow play Tommy Edmond, making sure he's absolutely 100% healthy. And and to your point, Anthony, somebody's going to have an off part of the season, or maybe they need a day off here and there, and you start to, this is why you have an extra outfielder. Yeah. So we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but again, this is a big if. Mm-hmm. Like Dylan Carlson has got to come in and, and absolutely rake at that right. spot and prove that now it's his for the taking. And if he does, and he's so friggin' good at the beginning of the regular season, then you don't touch it. Mm-hmm. You find somewhere else for Tommy Edmond. 
for for the time being. Maybe he goes back to second base. Yep. And Gorman's your DH then, and you got to work your lineup differently because of that. Either way, it's a really good problem to have if Dylan Carlson is pushing Tommy Edmond out of center field. Yeah, no doubt. It is interesting, though, when you look at Dylan Carlson. Doesn't it feel like he's at a crossroads with the Cardinals? He's 25? He's 24, 25. He's still, he's still, he's still young. But the emergence of Victor Scott, like, that's, that's happening. It may not happen out of spring training. It may not happen until September. Yeah. But Victor Scott is, is, is going to be your longtime center fielder. So it feels like Dylan Carlson is is at a bit of a crossroads right now with the Cardinals. And what what does he do really well? I'm not talking about projections. I'm talking about what does Dylan Carlson do right now that provides the team with immense value? Well, nothing. I'll hang is, up and listen. Well, no, he really doesn't, which is why he's in this predicament. Right. Like he's a he's a good center fielder, but he doesn't have the the elite speed like Victor Scott has. He can't cover the same amount of ground as Victor Scott. No. No, he can't. Now he has to hope that he can get the bat going. If he can bring the offense that Victor Scott can't or the offense that Tommy Edmond can't, then that makes him valuable because he's somewhat on par with those guys playing defensively. Defensively, I don't worry about Dylan Carlson out there. Yeah. I really don't. Like, no, I don't either. Is he a gold glover? No, but I don't worry about him. Right. But it's, you're only as good as what what the team has as options behind you. Yeah. And right now, Victor Scott, while he's going to he's gonna likely start the season in the minors, Victor Scott's going to be behind you well, pretty soon. And we'll see. We'll pump the brakes on that because I, I always do with the young guys. Let's see. Yeah. Let's just see. This is spring training, and everybody's all hot on Victor Scott and all this stuff. Everybody, the whole world was, like, celebrating Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. With the top, one of the highest-rated prospects, this, that, the other, cold, dead hands. And that wasn't, that, that was Mo, but other organizations, too, and, and national media were like, ooh, boy, this Dylan Carlson, what a f- great prospect for the Cardinals. And now he's... He's battling for a spot in the majors. Yeah. So that's why I don't get too far ahead of things when it comes to these young guys. You just don't know. Right. Don't love your attitude, but I hear you. It's a good point. I don't point. care what you love. <sighs> Nationals, uh, Nationals beat the Cardinals today 3-1. to one. Kyle Gibson, speaking mm. of tre- spring training, you can throw these stats out. Two innings of work, three hits, three earned runs, two strikeouts in the first two uh, first inning. First two batters he faced gave up home runs. One to Lane Thomas, former Cardinal, 388 feet. James Wood, 411 feet. The actor? No, not James Wood, the actor. I think he's a 20-year-old, 20, 21-year-old. 20, oh. Got him from the uh, Padres in the Juan Soto deal. Oh, that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your lineup today, not great. Brennan Donovan, 0 for 3. Goldschmidt, 0 for 2. Newbar, 1 for 3. Nolan Arnato, 0 for 2. Matt Carpenter, 0 for 2. Jordan Walker, one for three. Mason Wynn, one for three. Victor Scott, the aforementioned Victor Scott, who Jamie's not high on, 0 for three. Now we know why. (laughs) Just kidding. Just pump the brakes is all I'm saying. Still don't have a home run in spring training thus far. I know it's only spring training, but it would be nice to see the Cardinals touch some seats at some point, Jamie, in spring training. Yeah, seriously. Anytime now. They've also scored one run in 18 innings. That that can't be true. That's true. What? One run, eighteen innings. 
Okay. Because they got shut out yesterday. So I'm really depressed. No. So they lost three to one today. They lost three to nothing yesterday. They tied the Red Sox three three. They tied the Marlins one one. They beat the Astros three nothing. So since they they lost nine eight to the Marlins and ten five to the Mets, they have scored. Let's see here, three four seven eight runs in their last five games. Jamie, you high in this offense? No, not right now. All right, that makes sense. Not at all. Yeah. Again, it's only spring training, but be nice if they get off their dead ass and do something. Maybe hit one out of the ballpark. Somebody, please. Yeah. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We got Bet the Board, three stars of the day, criticisms, compliments, all coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We will complete the month, but I believe Carrie Davis, by virtue of Jamie and I losing last night, Carrie Davis is going to win the month of February. So whoever was paired up with Carrie Davis, congratulations. You got yourself a 101 ESPN prize pack. Jamie won the first month. Kerry won the second month. What do you guys think about doing, like, if we're going to do money lines and stuff, mm-hmm. factoring in the money line prices? What are you talking about? Here's the thing. It's going to get too complicated, Anthony. This is where it's going to be, like, math and all this. It just gets too complicated. But go ahead. Whatever. Shoot your shot. So, Jamie, let's say that you take one of these underdogs in hockey. Yeah, yeah. It's plus 140. Yeah. And you win. Well, you're up plus 140 now, not plus 100. Yeah. So you, being the hockey guy, yeah. picking a lot of these underdogs and winning these underdogs, it would benefit you. Yeah, but I if you don't want that, Jamie, just, that's fine. We just, just Anthony, we could, we're going to keep track of all that crap. Andrew Marsh has a whole spreadsheet. I just looked at it. It looks like a freaking Christmas tree. Yeah, but now you're going to throw math at him. I mean, come on. He can handle it. He's a smart kid. I don't know. You're giving me too much credit. I think you're just grumpy. No, it's fine. Grumpy. I like the idea. Thank you, Marsh. It would help Jamie, especially when he picks like the Islanders. Right. And he's cashing. Plus odds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good pick. Mm -hmm. It's a hell pick. Yep. (laughs) Anyways, uh, for fun, what are your picks tonight? Who goes? Carrie. Who does Carrie Carrie have tonight? Uh, Well, since he won... Uh, Kerry's got the Blue Jackets over the Hurricanes tonight. That's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting call by him. Plus 235. <laughs> now, see, if he hit that in the new rules, it'd be good. There you go. All right. Jamie? I'm going to Motown, baby. The Red Wings have been really good recently, and the Islanders are visiting the Red Wings, and the Red Wings are minus 112. You're going against your former team? Yep. Uh, well, no, not really. Well, yeah, that's not true. Not really, Anthony. That's true. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Got the Red Wings. You got the Wings. All right, give me Vegas, plus 138 against Boston. Wow. Vegas is a fairly heavy underdog tonight in Boston. Uh-huh. Boston has not been great of late. 
They've only got three wins over the last 10 games. Some of those have been at home. Boston's kind of free-falling right now. Not really, but they've struggled. So give me Vegas, the big, <sighs> the big dog. I'm going to go with the Arizona Coyotes wow. over the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto. I saw a stat today. That they haven't won, what, 10 games, 11 games? Arizona has been terrible. However, yeah, they've been really bad. Arizona has not lost a game in Toronto since, I believe, October 17th of 2002. Seriously? Yeah. I saw yeah. that, too. Let's look at this. Uh, okay, so October of 22, Arizona won 4-2 to in Toronto. In March of 2022, Arizona beat the Maple Leafs 5-4 to in overtime. February 11th of 2020 was the last time Toronto won a home game against Arizona. Arizona's 3-1 in their last four games against Toronto in Toronto. And whoever threw that stat out there, lie! Arizona's 6-4 and four straight up against Toronto in the last 10 meetings between the two teams. Oh, they're for sure thing, then. I'm wow. surprised they're not favored in this game. Jamie, grow up. <laughs> All right, so there's your picture about the board. We'll we'll redraft tomorrow. Yeah, because we got March first tomorrow. It's the uh, this is the month of the fast lane, by the way. It is. I say I month long celebration. Mm-hmm. Month long celebration. I don't disagree. Danny Mac's birthday is in March as well. Is it March 18th? I saw that on the big board. Wow. No kidding. So yeah. Jamie, yours is the 16th. 16th. Danny Max the 18th. You're the 19th. Yeah. Carrie, I think, is the 28th. And I'm the 30th. Just a, it's so a it's a month. month. It's a month. It's it's a fast lane birthday month. Absolutely. All right. Gifts Mark, are not required, but they certainly are appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very <laughs> grateful for any gifts of bourbon. Yeah. Whiskey. Yeah, if you want to get it, you know, if you want to throw us a 12-year pappy, something like that. Sure. Kick it around. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we won't. We're not gonna fight you on no. it. All right, Marsh, what do you got for criticisms and compliments? All right, from the 636, read a book, Marsh. Ouch. Is that just in general, like any book? Like, can you just pick a book? I think it's like read a real book. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I, why did what you was get, that in reference to? Because of context? The, I think it's because of the Coyotes thing. Wow. How is that? How is that? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know, but Marshy, read a book. I mean, I mean, it's good advice, anyways. Never wrong, Anthony. When's the last time you read a book, Jamie? What year is it? <laughs> oh, you're laughing. When's what? Really? I bet you haven't read one. Oh but, no! Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> no, that wasn't a criticism. I was really honest. I was wondering. And does a uh, does an audio book count? No, because you're not reading it. it you're listening. A, you it, must want to be listening to music. And Jamie, it's been a while for me. Yeah. Probably the last book I read. Oh, I read. Um, Tough Guy, the Bob Probert book. This was about 10 years ago. Okay. But about, uh, I would say 20 for me. Yeah, but before that book was probably 20. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there that read like They just daily. continuously read books. Yeah. I like audio books. Yeah, I can't, I can't focus long enough. To read. Three books yeah. like that. No chance. Mm-hmm. So we got a text from 314. That's going to be the new pack of lunch. It's actually read a book. Read a book. I just love it. I, there's there's no context to it. Just read a book, Marsh. All right, what did Scott? From the 636, 
Compliment for Jamie Rivers. It's nice to see you back in St. Louis, even though it's just for a few days. Yeah, it really is quick. We uh, back in today and tomorrow and then go on the road for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days. Again? Yeah. I feel like I feel like you've been on the road. Dude, I won't be back till the 12th of March. Wow. Just in time to celebrate some birthdays. <laughs> and then I'm gone, for, I think, for a week because of spring what? break. When are you leaving? I don't know. Maybe I'll take a day off. Are you take, Are you the 25th <laughs> week? No. Oh. I'll be in for that. Hmm. Look, uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll be gone again. No. <laughs> we got one from the... Uh, wow. <clears throat> got a loogie. You cho- I got a loogie in my throat. You choked up there, Marsh? My goodness. Read a nice compliment, did you? No. Uh, okay. From the 618, I like watching the end of the show when you really mail it in, boys. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Five o'clock hour can be a little spotty sometimes. <laughs> All right, let's get to our... Hell, we've been on air for three hours. <laughs> Two. Two if you're Jamie. (laughs) One sometimes if you're Jamie. Just try to keep everybody happy, Anthony. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get to our uh, three stars of the day. Our third star of the day goes out to roller hockey skates. Yeah, Yeah, nice story there from Jamie Rivers. Hard to stop. Yeah, if you don't know what you're doing or you've been uh, wearing ice skates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second star of the day goes to the 2020-15 Kansas City Royals. Is that what I said? Apparently. 20, 2015? <laughs> yeah. Is that what I said? <laughs> Idiot. I mean, it's close. 2015. Yeah. <laughs> I probably stopped myself knowing I was going to say something stupid and then said something stupid anyways. Seems to be my ammo. And our first star of the day goes to the Bluebird One for making sure our guy, Jamie Rivers, made it here on time. Yeah. Well, not on time, but he made it. I mean, uh, got, you know what? He, honestly, I he was ahead here. of time. Yeah. Like, we didn't expect you until about 4 o'clock, Jamie. You came in like 2.30, so... Nice work. All right. We have some NBA basketball for you. Nuggets and Heat uh, pregame at 830 tonight. So we got some instant replay coverage coming up right now, though. We'll see you tomorrow, too. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.